What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad McBoom, and with me tonight is... Nathan. And April. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means we are uncensored. So please proceed with caution. Also, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the movies we're talking about tonight, so if you don't want them ruined, pause the episode and come back later. Nathan, we might have some new listeners tonight. How did the Golden Idols work? Well, the Golden Idols are awards, basically. They're points. They're our version of the Oscars. So we're going to break down these movies across a number of categories, like best character, best location. And the film with the most, most points or the most Golden Idols at the end of the night will be our Golden Idol winner. All right. And we also have a guest playing along tonight, Matthew Wade. He sent his awards in via email. And at the end of the episode, we will count up his awards and we will see if he changes the outcome of tonight's marathon. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, guys. Every year, Nathan puts together his own marathon. So, Nathan, why did we marathon these three movies? So, this is like a City of Chicago marathon. We did um, a musical marathon not too long ago, and one of them was Chicago. And I just got to thinking about how, like, I, I don't I don't love the movie Chicago, but I love Chicago as a setting. I love Chicago at, like, whenever it's in a movie, like, when it's, like, The Dark Knight, like, Gotham is uh, Chicago. Yeah. And it's like, God, so fucking perfect. I, we live in this, like, band that's sort of right in the middle of Chicago and Indianapolis, right? And so I feel like people here kind of culturally identify one way or the other. And I've always been Chicago more than Indiana, Indianapolis, whatever the fuck yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I just wanted to, t yeah, I wanted to take some time to celebrate some movies that I think, like, represent Chicago as a setting and as a place and the themes and, like, yeah, yeah. Any themes that you tried to get in? Yeah, so I guess people are going to have complaints, like, why the fuck isn't Ferris Bueller in this? Or yeah. why is it? it... Lots of movies are set in that Chicago. That was the big one that I thought you would get some blowback. Yeah. And no one really said, uh, you know, Ferris Bueller. Well, there's a, there's a lot of things, right, that... A lot of movies that are set in Chicago. Home Alone set in Chicago. Uh, the Relic is at the yeah. Field Museum. Fucking lots of shit is Wayne's in Chicago. Yeah, well, you know, Wayne's like in a like, suburb. Yeah, but, but Home Alone, like most yeah. of that movie takes place in his house. Right, it's <laughs> not know? really a Chicago yeah. movie. So, right. so really that was what is what makes a Chicago movie. And I, so I wanted to sort of break down what are the things I think of when I think of Chicago. Well, there's the there's music, there's uh, sort of race relations, racism, housing projects, uh, and there's um, crime. Right, right, uh, Pro prohibition gangsters yeah. that get like it all kind of ties in and like that's a cool fucking setting man like so these movies all represents kind of all of those things and the accents there's like it's so blues brothers is the accents untouchables is the crime and the uh, the prohibition and the mobsters uh candy man is Race, housing yeah, projects yeah, racism yeah yeah so that's kind of why these movies specifically but, okay yeah april i'm gonna kick it over to you how do these three movies stack up against each other? All right, so we're going to go in alphabetical order. So Blues Brothers on IMDb came in at a 7.9. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score was 73%. It's a running time of 2 hours and 13 minutes. Released on June 20th, 1980. It has the director of John Landis. And has lots of different stars, but the main stars, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi... Um, those are the main stars. Then they have some cameos of Ray Charles, Johnny Lee Hooker, Aretha Franklin, Cape Calloway, uh, James Brown. 
It was a budget of 30 million and made 115.2 million at the box office. So I did a little extra and I added a little award <laughs> stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Normally you guys don't add all these details. Are we doing butts and seats index uh, and everything? Awards. <laughs> uh, it had one award. It was a Golden Reel sound editing award for their sound effects. Don't really know what the Golden Reel is, but it was, I was curious yeah. when I was looking at things and I got an award. All right, then next alphabetically would be Candyman. Uh, IMDb score of 6.7. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of 79%. It has a running time of 1 hour and 39 minutes. It was released October 16th, 1992. Director of Bernard Rose. Actors Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Cassie, I think that's how you say her name, Lemons. Um, had a budget also of $30 million, hmm. but only made a whopping $25.8 million Ooh. in the box office. Really? For a total <laughs> run, huh? Yeah, so total to... run. Huh. According to the internet, the Google. The Google. Uh, Google the Google. <laughs> and it won two awards. Uh, might be a little bit more popular with our horror fans. Um, the Academy Science Fiction Fantasy Award and the Fangoria Chainsaw Award uh, for Virginia Madsen's portrayal, her mm. Um, mm. actor award. Nothing for Tony Todd? Nothing for Tony Todd. Not that anything I saw. The only two awards mm. that I saw were for Virginia Madsen, huh. and those were those two categories. Um, and then finally, we have our third movie, The Untouchables. It got an IMDb score of 7.8. It had a Rotten Tomato score of 82%, so the highest of the three. Um, it had a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes. It was released June 3rd of 1987. The director is Brian De Palma. Um, had a lot of big star-studded cast. Robert De Niro, Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Andy Garcia were the big hitters. Some other supporting actors along the way. Cast right there. Good yeah. cast, especially back in the that time frame in of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. You know, they were the big hitters. Um, budget was twenty-five million, so less than the other wow. two films, um, and it made one hundred and six point two million in the box office. Uh, it won a couple different awards. Big ones that I saw was the BAFTA Best Score Award for Ennio Morricone. Is that how you say his name? Ennio Morricone. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, however you say the gentleman's <laughs> name. Um, and then five awards from various things, including Oscar and Golden Globe for the supporting actor of Sean Connery. I was laughing at that because we just did movie trivia on what Wednesday night, and yeah. uh, Ennio Morricone was a... Uh, was one of the trivia questions, which we conquered that, and the other table got really pissed. We at destroyed. Us. Yeah. yeah. How did they know the composer's name, Ennio Morricone? Who knows that? It's like that's that was the easy one. Right, but that was the easy one. That was the easy yeah. one. No, but. honestly, if you were to guess, if there was a question about composers, you could guess Ennio Morricone fifty percent of the time. You'd be uh, right. If it's it's Danny Elfman, Elfman. <laughs> John Williams, <laughs> John Williams. That's right. Especially yeah. for a western. Though. Yeah, you know, a western yeah. kind of gangster kind of film. Yeah, yeah definitely. So stacked yeah. up, they are pretty close within a point yeah. of each other, within ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, budget was almost identical, and the Bring Home was actually a, okay. a lot different. What was Rotten yeah. Tomatoes for one, Blues Brothers? Blues Brothers was 73%. The on, lowest on, score on Rotten on Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And, yeah. Hmm, yes. I, I would have guessed differently. Yeah. 70, Just from how like, a lot of people, you know. Right. You so know, IMDb had Candyman scored higher mm -hmm. um, with Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry. IMDb had Candyman lower, Rotten Tomatoes higher, and then it was the opposite for Blues Brothers. All right, so those are the three movies in tonight's three-way. 
So let's get into tonight's conversation and let's uh, crown Blues Brothers the winner, right, Nathan? Chicago yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and in fact, I want to be I want to be very upfront, right? This is not a shoe meant. In? No, no. First of all, I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it it's is. It's the biggest shoe in episode. It's since no, the, it's not. Since the thing. I think I, we'll figure I that out. I don't along think it way, is. Bradley. I don't think it is. But I will say the point of this was never to be like which one of these is the best movie. It. I really wanted just to, to celebrate. Chicago, you know, because you don't normally do. What's the best western? What's the best boxing movie? These are very different. This is a musical, a com, you know, comedy, um, uh, a suspense thriller kind of political thing. You know, always makes it hard too when there's different genres. They're very different, and so like you like certain things more than others. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right, let's do this. Nathan, you want to start us off? Best location goes to best location goes to the Cabrini Green Public Housing Project, in my opinion. Right, so. This is one of the most frightening locations that I can ever imagine because it's so like it's it it's it's a real fucking place, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's scary. a real fucking place. Um, it's scary. The people who live there are terrified. Uh, there are real threats. There are people who coming out of the fucking walls, guys. Like it's real. <laughs> yeah. They're hiding in the walls. They're listening to you, and they're gonna wait until you're vulnerable. And the cops ain't coming. No. Yeah. No. You know this what I mean? This is the place the cops... And it was tore down and then right. made into some hipster village. This you know, is... Yeah. This is a now. fucking place that, like... It's so fucking... People die so fucking... There's, like, urban legends about a, a fucking killer that's a goat. You know what I mean? It's yeah. real, but... You know what I mean? But, like... But, it, it, like, this is a real fucking place. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. I think it's fucking... It is bananas that they filmed. It is fucking... It's bananas. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy, dude. So, like... Just shout out to being one of the most like legitimately fuck like yeah. it's a haunted house in real fucking life and it's like I just keep thinking about like they're in the fucking walls yeah. April like they're fucking in the walls well, they're gonna then, come out well, of your I, bathroom and just fucking kill you like that is scary as well. so can I go ahead yeah, yeah. alright so mine is also Candyman okay. for Cabrini Green <laughs> the housing project um, it's towered over many of the scenes is towered over by the jam hot John Hancock building showing like the rich versus the poor and like that dichotomy that was going on. I mean, there's the gra- the graffiti, mm-hmm. the the junk pile outside, the fact that the cops are never gonna come. It's like this cesspool. It's real. Yeah, it's the real. fact that they could use and and the whole point of this you had said earlier is to like celebrate Chicago. Yeah. It dark or not, it yeah, is yeah, a yeah. real this part is, of Chicago. Right. The part exactly. I'm not going to. It's a real part that I would avoid the hell out and, of back in the day. And by the way, great, great, like in the in the in the script, right? Like her her apartment is the same fucking yeah. apartment. It's the same layout. She's got all the same shit. It's you know what I mean. Just a night and day difference. Just right. the way that it's perceived. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't the director make a deal with some of the people at the projects where it's like, hey, we're gonna film here, but we're gonna bring in, you know, we're gonna let you be a part of this so you don't gank us. Oh, I don't even know. I, <laughs> I think that was that. like Did a legit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they okay. had to actually, you know, talk to like the crime leaders of the area. And be like, hey, you're, we're going to bring you into this so you don't kill us. Right. Cool. Cool. I just think it was the most realistic. Best location that represented Chicago and a part of history. So right that was on. my choice. I think all of these had great Chicago locations. Yeah. So yeah, you're right on there. Um, so I'm going to use my first tie of the night, which it, it seems like I'm always tying best location. Like right at top. I think most yeah. episodes, I think I do. Uh, my first tie point, though, is going to Blues Brothers. Uh, one of my favorite things about Blues Brothers is that it's a love letter to Chicago, or at least locations right outside of Chicago, because not everything happens in Chicago. But what I love the most 
is all the side stops. You know, every yeah, dive yeah. bar that the Blues Brothers go to, I want to go to. Um, every restaurant they go to, like, I want to go to. Um, <laughs> especially April and I, when we go out of town or, or do some kind of Airbnb, like, we want to dive into the culture of that area, you know? Right. And so I just, while I'm watching Blues Brothers, I'm like, man, when we go to Chicago, we got to find this place and we got to go do that, yeah. you know? So I felt like Blues Brothers did a great job of just soaking up the culture and just the style and the vibe of Chicago. My second tie point is going to exactly what you guys said, Candyman. They shot on location and around Cabrini Green housing projects, one of the most dangerous projects in the world. You guys hit on that. I actually have a quote from the director pulled up, and he said, and I spent some time at Cabrini Green, and I realized that this was an incredible arena for a horror movie because it was a place of such palpable fear. And rule number one when you're making a horror movie is set it somewhere frightening. And yeah, it gives this movie... Like, it just makes it legit when you're filming in Cabrini Green. So let me add to the legitimacy. Tony Todd, a.k.a. Candyman, he has a quote, and I had written it down. South side of Chicago, building 116 unit C. That's the Candyman pad. Mm. Like, and and the Candyman's layer yeah. is super creepy, yeah. man. With, like, you brought it up, I think, with the graffiti. Oh, with the pictures. And fantastic the, yeah. set design, man. You go outside of that, mouth. and then there's the, uh, the funeral pyre that they make at the, the end. And just... Ah, so creepy. The building, like, crumbling and all yeah. that desolate. It's, I think it's super underrated. And, yeah. I really do. I think Candyman's super underrated. Yeah, just a frightening area. Like he said, incredible uh, arena for a horror movie, you know, because it's such a a, a fearful place, yeah. you know. Uh, so I'm going with the Blues Brothers and Candyman for best location. And I think, because it's torn down now, correct? We were just yes. talking about that. I hope it's torn so. down it after was, yeah. the uh, 20, did I see 20? Right after they filmed the 2019 okay. uh, Candyman remake. Oh, okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it reminds me a lot of, like, in Bloodsport, where they, they filmed downtown, mm. and, like, that shit, it's not there anymore, but that's, mm-hmm. Bloodsport is one of the only, like, recorded, like, a memory of this place. That's, like, Do you remember what that was called? Because you gave that best location for Bloodsport. It's a great, uh, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't yeah. know what it's called. I'm just gonna, But, yeah. Um, now, I almost did, I almost did a three-way tie here. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I so I don't like Untouchables at all. Do you really? But you don't. I love. Wow. I love 1930s Chicago. Okay. You know, and uh, it's one of my favorite settings: gangsters and, I think and it cops ca- and, I think and they shootouts. Captured it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I love 30 Chicago. Just yeah. everything about Untouchables. We'll find out later that I just, really I didn't that give it to me. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think it's super it. close. So yeah. you had made a comment, and maybe you'll bring it up later. So I'll be brief, but like you liked the fact that they had a big shootout thing at Union Station. Yeah, yeah, but it just didn't it didn't vibe didn't with me. Like you. I think the energy okay. was so low level there. But I do like Thirty Chicago. Okay, I want like Tarantino for his last movie to <laughs> remake fucking Untouchables. That'd be sick. <laughs> I think as fuck. that would be sick as fuck. But um, I do love Thirty Chicago, so I just want to give them a, a shout out. But that takes us to best character. I would say Jim Malone, Sean Connery. Jim Malone is one of my favorite fucking characters. Okay. Like just it's, it's just this veteran cop who like. He because like Elliot Ness doesn't know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Like he has no idea, and just Jim being his kind of mentor and kind of mm-hmm. teaching him, like, look, this is Chicago. Like you can't, you Get can't just, you ass. can't just fucking walk in here and be like, let's do some good. You know what I mean? Like right. you gotta fucking shoot a corpse <laughs> and scare motherfuckers. Like 
Um, I think he's fucking great, man. He's not afraid of breaking the rules, and he knows like really that's the only way. Yeah, that in that you, that corrupt Chicago time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because definitely. the re- the reason they the reason the mobsters are ruling is because they know the rules. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They they, they 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 they're catching you out of technicalities. You can't fucking get yeah. them, right. right? So you have to break the fucking rules to get them. I actually love Sean Connery in this, except for his accent takes me the <laughs> fuck out. Okay, so my best character. Is Jim Malone, Sean Connery okay. in The Untouchables. Did that bother you at all, um, though, his accent? So I think I'm going to get to that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but the honorable mention would be just because he's a great actor yeah. and I like his portrayal is Robert De Niro. I think he's a great actor and just an honorable mention. No points to him, but uh, definitely. Um, but you're going with way. Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Sean okay. Connery, Jim Malone. For he, all the reasons. He this, was my... This is easy for me, Nathan. Thank you. For all the he, reasons Nathan said. He was my favorite part of Untouchables, but then... Even that was drugged down just a little bit by that fucking accent. Because what is it? He's he's Scottish. He's supposed to be Irish American, and he's Scottish. And he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I don't know. Like every time you hear it, it's just like it's a fucking train wreck, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't vocals. Me, man. <laughs> it's, but he was so much fun, and he did bring some yeah. much needed energy to Untouchable. So nothing bad really to say about Sean Connery. Um, I'm going with Candyman. And I love the idea of this tragic character, man. Like, check out this dude's legend, Candyman. I pulled up his character bio. Son of a slave. Uh, He became a respected painter, went to some uh, very prestigious schools. Uh, He was commissioned by a white landowner to paint his daughter. Uh, He fell in love with the daughter. Uh, The white landowner found out about the relationship, hired a lynch mob, sawed off Candyman's right hand with a blade, right? His body was then smeared with honey, causing the bees to sting him to death. And then uh, this last point here is um, his body was then burned on a pyre with his ashes being scattered around the entire region. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he becomes the fucking slasher of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Like you say his name five times and you're fucked. Like, like that's just such an interesting But they didn't character. really explain. Oh, okay, we can get into well, it. So, but, so, so the whole legend, though, is, is you know, like the through line of Candyman, yeah. I think. Because they really hit on his character and his origin. They hit on his origin, but not why he was trying to cause chaos and kill people in the projects. I thought that was because myth. Well, yeah, it's, it's, that, that sustains the myth, which yeah. is really what keeps him around. Like I, that, that, I love fucking Candyman. I'll talk, I'll talk about Candyman later, but I love that he has a very sympathetic backstory, yeah. but they don't portray him as like sympathetic. No. He, cause he's, you, you do on some level feel for it. Like that was, that's completely unjust, right? What happened to him, but he's just, killing mother. That's yeah, what I was yeah. just like, going to say. Like, he's not justified in what he's doing just to keep himself alive, per se. Uh, like, that just doesn't make there's sense There's definitely some things that could be ironed out, but yeah. I think just, Character-wise, you like just having this horror icon that's rooted in slavery, yeah, right, yeah. is so interesting to me. And then I didn't really know about his origin until this marathon because, man, I don't think I watched Candyman since, like, you know, watching movies back in, back in the day on the farm with Grandma right. and Grandpa in, like, fucking nine, 1992. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't give a shit about his origin. I'm like, okay, I'd rather watch Freddy or Jason or whatever. But now, uh, seeing it through the lens today, I'm like, man, this is a really interesting character. So, um, an interesting horror villain. Yeah. Especially. So I'm going with Candyman for best character. I have a, a couple quick runners-up, right? Huh? Okay. Uh, George Stone, right? Andy Garcia's character in Untouchables. I think yes, he's cool yes. as fuck. Yeah. That guy's fucking cool. Um, 
there's not a lot to his character. He just looks fucking cool. Yeah. He's got some cool scenes. And then uh, the guy, Frank Nitty in Untouchables. Yeah. Frank Nitty has a look about him. Is that and Billy it, Drago? Drago? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know what? It was like halfway through before I realized he, he reminds me of the samurai. Yeah. Like the way that he looks with like the white suit yeah. and the mm. and just... Yeah, he just I almost gave cool him an award. Fuck. I almost like, gave him an award tonight. I didn't, but I'm feeling you there. Yeah, it was like halfway through, and I was like, "That's what it is. Yeah. It's the samurai. That's why I think he's so cool, man. He looks he's so similar. Yep. He looks like a villain. He, he does. Does. Yeah, he, he just does. Got yeah, villainous look to him. Yeah, yeah. He's real sharp features mm-hmm. and like yeah. All right, that takes us to best kill, death, and defeat. So best kill defeat, in my opinion, kind of goes. It's Frank Nitty and, and Elliot Ness, and it's 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 the end where Nitty finally gets caught and Ness is like because he's like he's like oh yeah your your friend fucking squealed like a pig when I killed him yeah. and he fucking chucks his ass off the building because it's mm-hmm. I think that's the moment where Elliot's finally like I've learned the lesson he, he learned you're, the rules right I, I, I yeah you're right you're you're gonna fucking walk for this shit. You're gonna mm-hmm. fucking walk for this shit. So I'm, no, you're not getting out. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna make it look like an accident. Yeah. Like fell off the roof. To throw his ass off the building. Did he sound anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wrong. Get fucked. Yeah, yeah. No, that's solid. I, I love that. That's solid. Uh, mine was actually Candyman. It was when the whole projects came out to burn him alive in the pyre yeah. uh, of junk outside the building. Um, the symbolism, taking control, saying no more. They didn't want to live in fear. Uh, watching Helen crawl out of the pile mm. with the baby, and she's Dude, all when she burnt crawled, in when her she hair. crawled out, she looked like um, Fire Marshal Bill. Okay, so maybe, maybe, <laughs> but like, finally, there's vindication for all these unnecessary oh. black lives. They have control. This legend is done. They're uh-huh. like moving forward with their lives, and I like that. I thought uh-huh. it was a good cool. representation. Yeah. What about you, Ben? No, that, that is funny though because I remember looking at you and I was like, man, I, I was into you that. Did. You I said, was into that scene. Like, I really do like that scene. But I'm like, dude, that movie? that looks kind of shitty. You're like, <laughs> looks like fucking Jim Carrey, man. From uh, so I rewatched I can't it today it. and I didn't think it did. No, no. maybe just in the moment. I don't know. Maybe, but I do like that scene. I totally know what you're saying. Yeah, a few runner-ups real quick. Um, Untouchables, baseball bat kill. Oh, my oh that was good. God, dude, yeah. sick. And then. Um, Untouchables again, like the, that kid getting killed in like the first the five bomb. minutes of the movie, dude. Like you know, this movie is like for real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they shit, killed a kid, if they can kill, a, if they kill a kid in the first five minutes, like you know, what else are they gonna do, right? right? Um, and then another runner-up is for Blues Brothers, um, the car taking a swan dive <laughs> off the bridge. So the, the defeat of and the, the car. And the two cops go, you know, like I, I've always loved you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very Looney Tunes moment yeah. there, but that's pretty fun. <laughs> Uh, my best kill death defeat though is going uh, once again. I have to go with Candyman, and again, I, I talked about the character in his origin, and this is you know connected to that. But man, what a brutal way to die, man! Like slavery times, yeah. white lynch mob cutting off your hand, covering you in honey, you know, until <laughs> yeah. till bees sting you to death, and then you know scattering your ashes, setting you on fire, man. That's that's some dark slave time shit. So his actual death. His not, actual right, death. Right. Not yeah. his re-death. Yeah, no, just okay. his his uh, slave time okay. uh, death. Yeah, that, that's a crazy kill. Cool. Um, so I'm going with Candyman. That takes us to best score or soundtrack. Is this a clean sweep here, guys? I think it's it's got to be a clean sweep. Well, when one of them's a musical, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of it kind of cheats on the category. Um, it ha- better having cheat sa- on having sa- having said that. The Ennio Morgoni score is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Fucking I hate it. I, no, you do yes, not. I do. It's, it's, Brad. Dude, no, it's you, the worst. It's the worst Ennio Morgoni so score, dude. You really I swear think to God. so? I really it's like so it. I don't boring. think it's so. I don't. I think if you listen to it, I remember you saying that you're like, uh, 
does this say anything? And no, it doesn't. Like, during the movie, you're just like, eh, it feels like a gangster's mobster movie. Nothing super special about it. But, I mean, it's not The Godfather. Yeah, I think sure. Not, I think sure. Like, you know, it's, sure. Not, it's not yeah. the thing. It's not the it's thing. Just... It's not the good, the bad, and the ugly. So it's you know not what I'm his saying? best okay. work. Okay. Yeah. But it is, it's good. Um, I mean, I, I grew up watching It's not even as good as Exorcist 2. Right? <laughs> but who can compete, Nathan? I'm sure you agree. Yeah, it's Blues With Brothers. The I, Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers. It's one of the greatest soundtracks of all fucking time. And it still like, is. 40 yeah, it plus still years is. later. It's like yeah. freaking amazing. Is that where you went I went with Blues Brothers. Brad, I'm assuming you went with Blues Brothers. But I do want to... I didn't give any points I to know this. you like this And you song. hate this. It's you so fucking annoying. hate this. She it's was so like, annoying. right before you came over, Nate, she was like, will you just shut that the fuck off? <laughs> and it was I think you'll get off. this, though, because I love choir monk shit, like ominous okay. monk shit. Listen yeah. to this. This is uh, Cabrini Green. Yeah. It has a few good moments, but then when it goes on, you're just like, shut up. It, like, it's literally that for like four up. minutes. Right. You know, but I'm like, I'm there the entire four minutes. No, I got you. And she's like, shut it the fuck off. He kept <laughs> playing it for like 20 minutes. It's literally just that. But I do like that. Yeah. I really that's do. That's ominous. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah. It, it sets the stage for I think for Philip Glass did a great score for mm. Candyman, but... Yeah, it's not going to... Hey, Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not it's not James Brown and fucking Johnny Lee Hooker and Ray Charles and Aretha Frank. Like, you know, yeah. So I think Blues Brothers really needed that one up. I mean, we go to every football game and they repeat the shout scene from the movie. And, like, really? come on. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> you sing that during, like, the third, fourth quarter. Everybody does the shout thing. And every football game I've been to. Do you... Uh, honest question. Because I know... Like, I know a lot of people shit on Blues Brothers 2000. I haven't watched it, but I heard the music is actually better, so, maybe. I, I, I've watched, I've only watched it one time ever. Because the Blues Brothers has been probably my third favorite movie since I was a fucking kid. You know what okay. I mean? Like, it's always been one of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, and when Blues Brothers 2000 came out, I was fucking jazzed. And I remember seeing it, and I just I did not care you for it. it. <laughs> I okay. mean, how old was I? I was I would have been sixteen. You yeah. know what I mean? So I haven't seen it since then. I have no frame of reference. Because well, totally it's honest interesting. I couldn't tell you. You know, I'll keep this this bit brief. But I wanted to really watch it before this. Not that it would you know to have any standing. Yeah, comparison. but I, I read briefly. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it sounds like a legit sequel. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But you I mean, know, John really Goodman. Good actors. Yeah. John Goodman seems like a good fill-in for you know a new brother. Yeah. Right, because you can't have Belushi, and then they go back to the orphanage and they get this young kid to be a part of the team. I'm like, yeah. that sounds like you know within the narrative. Story, you know? Yeah, storyline yeah, yeah. fits. And uh, then you you bring back Landis and you know some great music cameos. It sounds like a worthy sequel. So I don't know if people just shit on it because of you know when the time it came out, but. It sounds legit. I, I mean, would we, have to. I would like to see it again, yeah. to be honest with you. But I, I really could. I remembered not liking. Maybe it, we'll have right? a whiskey night and we'll just come over here. Would love what was happening what in the early two thousands, though? Like it was pop music. Things were changing. It was coming out of grunge, so people didn't want to see that movie. Yeah, I'd be curious. That well, wasn't a popular type <laughs> of movie. That's fair, but I did, <laughs> and, yeah. and I didn't for, like it. For, yeah. so. for the few, and and that's just saying something. Exactly. So for a diehard fan. Like, you didn't like it. I wonder it. in so retrospect, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Gone yeah. back and seen it? Yeah. If it had come back, <clears throat> come out around the same times as Wayne's World, would it have done a lot better? Who no. knows? Anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting conversation. Um, mm. That takes us to best screenplay. I want to say Dan Aykroyd and John Landis are Blues Brothers, okay? So, like, <clears throat> Dan Aykroyd had never written a screenplay before this. And so, 
my understanding is that he wrote 324 yeah. fucking pages. It's a monstrous, monstrous fucking script. And it's just this meandering, like, sort of... It's not even, like, a, a proper screenplay. It's just kind of just, like... Whole bunch of just scenes and together. sketches, yeah. yeah. And so... <clears throat> uh, John Landis took this and edited it down to this screenplay in two weeks. I think that's fucking yeah, no, insane. That's yeah. And this is, a, I think, a great fucking screenplay. Like, great, great characters. Great, qu- quotable, super fucking it's funny. I think it's a great fucking screenplay. Um, yeah. yeah. But especially it, trimming it down. Especially too. just the idea of trimming this down. Like well, they said it was three times. Yeah, yeah three yeah, so, times yeah, the like size 100, of normal 120 script. pages, something like that, for your average screenplay. <clears throat> I couldn't even imagine having to, like, cipher through that, you know. And well, he had, like, I think I think all the band's whole, like, sort of backstory and how they got together yeah. and, like... He's probably I, high as fuck when he wrote all oh that. Oh, my God, we'll get into that <laughs> shit. But, like, yeah. but no, the, um, just the idea of, like, because the way it's trimmed down... You still get all that. I think. I think like that. Yeah, you don't know. You you just get. You just get it. You just mm. get who they are when they get together. You kind of get what happened, and it's. You know what I mean? That's cool. Great, great job. I also said you're making this really easy. Let's go. Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd, and John Landis. I think it's an original idea for musical comedy. Um, I don't know enough about film prior to this to know if there was that same kind of like formula of like. The, the with the musical and all of that kind of stuff, but it does uh, remind me of this is gonna date me. The Country Bears, follow that bird. <laughs> that like they're on a quest and a mission, and then every few uh, you know beats, there's a musical number, and so like I get it. And then at the end, you save the day, yay! Right. Music has saved the day. <laughs> um, so I think it's a great uh, screenplay that probably a lot of other films have like taken mm-hmm. after. So good idea. I liked it. Right Who's on. Others? I really like the story of Candyman. The idea. But I'm giving this award to Blues Brothers as well. Um, I don't think it's perfect. Um, In fact, I think it feels like a bunch of comedy sketches, kind of like we were just talking about. It would have been horrible. This movie would have been fucking horrible (laughs) at, you know, like five hours long. (laughs) You know, 300 and some pages. But I think... um, you know, some of it feels, it, it does feel like like comedy sketches and, you know, music bits just kind of crammed together. Um, some work, some don't. Majority of them do work, I think. But I do love the originality of Blues Brothers, like this this epic journey through Chicago and saving the orphanage mm-hmm. and then kind of highlighting blues music, you know, um, throughout the movie. So it doesn't always work for me, but I think it earns um, this award for originality. So I'm going with Blues Brothers. That takes us to Best Special Achievement. So, man, Best Special Achievement, I feel like it would be really easy to say, oh, they destroyed the most cars ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I think that's a cool special achievement. I think there's one better. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling it the Cocaine Award <laughs> for Blues Brothers. There was apparently, like, money just... There was part of... Part budget. Of, part yeah. of the budget was just to, allocated to cocaine. Brad right? told me that, yeah. Um, and, and, like... Landis has a guy on staff whose job it is just to follow Belushi around and just to collect the drugs that he just leaves behind him as he <laughs> that's goes. Crazy. Like that's so fucking he, he funny. Him, like, like yeah, apparently there was like Ackroyd found him. Ackroyd found fucking Belushi one time across the road in somebody's house, laying on their couch. He had like raided their fridge and was like sleeping on their couch. Like yeah, like what the fuck? Like uh-huh. there was apparently like everyone is completely fucked up on cocaine. What in this a wild movie. man! Like dude. yeah, 
Well, Aykroyd said he only partook every once in a while. Aykroyd, well, <laughs> that's not what the internet said. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, yeah. Anyway. I just think that's crazy. Like, no. I've never heard of... Belushi, what a fucking wild man, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen, um, what is it, Animal House? Yeah. Is that good? I've never seen Animal I House. Have, I mean, again, it's been a while. Uh, I like Animal House. Yeah. Yeah. Belushi's just a fucking crazy man, dude. He's, a, yo, crazy he's, man. he's one of those guys that, like, when you find it, oh, he died, he died from, like, cocaine. Yeah, well, like, no shit. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Where are you going, baby? Best special achievement. Uh, best special achievement for me is Blues Brothers, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> so, mine is because they took, um, when I was looking at... Where did Blues Brothers come from? Because when I was looking at the screenplays and everything, I was trying to figure out, okay, which ones... I like originally out. I like when people are creative. So it came from a 1976 skit on SNL, and then it became a full feature-length film, which not... Okay, so SNL's been on for I don't even yeah, know yeah, how yeah. many years. I get what you're saying. It's had so many different skits, so many different actors, you know, go through the doors and stuff. But when I was looking it up, there's one, two, three... Saturday Night Live movies. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven out of the I think it's forty years probably yeah. forty plus years mm-hmm. of Saturday Night Live and the thousands of skits. Eleven of those ideas turned into full feature films. Fuck, I wouldn't films. even have guessed eleven. The first oh, yeah, one lots. was the Blues Brothers. Was they Blues opened Brothers? the doors for all of those <laughs> others, and two of those Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers two thousand, Wayne's World, Wayne's World two. Oh, was Wayne's so, like, World? Yeah, right. I guess yeah. it was a skit. Yeah, so okay. like there's. <clears throat> There's only a few films that have like yeah. come from that, and I think that's a really special issue. Yeah, yeah. So. And, uh, yeah. and there's a lot that yeah. are I would call they're not SNL movies, but they're like SNL adjacent, and it's kind of like Ghostbusters is like yeah, half yeah. the cast of an SNL SNL skit, and kind of mixed in some other people, and then... so yeah, but it didn't directly come from characters <laughs> right, right, right. that yeah. were created. Like the other ones <clears throat> were I already said Wayne's World, Coneheads. Uh, it's, Pat. Yes. it's Pat. It's Pat. Uh, oh, Stewart saves his family. Night at the Roxbury. Superstar. Yeah. yeah. Superstar. Ladies That'd Man. A fun marathon, maybe. And I've always thought that. The yeah, most yeah. recent was McGruber, which I don't even know what McGruber is Ryan about. Ryan Smith loves Will, McGruber. Will Forte. <laughs> yeah, really John loves it. So, like, that was the biggest one. But no, that's a good special achievement. Yeah. Not like that. Yeah, the that's, cool. Brothers. No. that's cool. And it's still probably, I think you, you ask a lot of people, they would say that is the best. Ah, I think I think, majority, I, think ma- I think majority of people would say Blues Brothers. I could Wayne's I, World I is another movie that I would consider to be like one of my favorite movies High of contender. all time. But is it better than Blues? Br- fuck, I don't know. Yeah. That's hard. I don't I'm know. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes because it has it, a lot of different similar things to it. But anyway, yeah. okay. I like the characters. I grew up with them. Special achievement. I'm going with my second tie of the night. This is my last tie. For best special achievement, uh, first off, I have to go again with Candyman and making a black man a horror icon alongside characters like Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, Frankenstein, Dracula. Like, I was reading an article today that said, Candyman is the only slasher movie in the horror canon with a black guy as the villain. This has never been done before or since in the history of film. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it before this podcast, and I was doing some Googling. I don't think there's ever been a black horror icon villain. And not only that, I can agree there hasn't, because mm. that's going to come up with one of my awards later. Can you guys think of one, though? No, there there literally isn't. And then, I'm going to come. It makes me want to, because I've met Tony Todd multiple times, but I've never had a Candyman poster, so I'm like, fuck, Mm. dude. Yeah. I gotta get a Candyman poster signed. Yes. 
Yes, oh that's, gosh. yeah, I, I so, gotta get I've met yeah, him like four or five times. Yeah, he's the only black uh, horror villain. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's so yeah. crazy. So I'm going with Candyman, and then um, I'm going to go with Blues Brothers for boosting the popularity of Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> Check this out. I pulled up some numbers. From a few thousand sold through the mid-70s, sales rose to 18,000 during 1981, partly because of Blues Brothers. No shit. Yeah, their later use in the Chicago set Risky Business, 1983, <laughs> solidified the, renew, uh, the renewed popularity. Huh. And my number one sunglasses of choice... <laughs> Like you look, or, or, you mean similar to the ones that you have on top of your yeah, hat no, right do I? now? Yeah, so these are brown, but yeah, look, I mean, I wear these. They're blue blocker Ray-Ban types, yeah, but, yeah. but I usually wear black, blacked out lens. Like black you look, you look at like most of my pictures. It's like I'm pretty much a Blues brother. Like you really I don't are, love honestly. Blues Brothers, but I, favorite, I like Blues Brothers. But it's like shirt is a black, black shirt. Yeah, black, black shirt. Pants. You know uh, the the uh, the Ray Bans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, so I think that's pretty awesome, and that, that's my number one sunglasses of choice. Uh, so cool. I want to give their style some love uh, for special achievement. Uh, their their sunglass game is still going strong, and though. <laughs> Like if we if we want to like wrap in uh, or tie in just wardrobe, right? Mm-hmm. Like black suits, white shirt, black oh, ties, like if sunglasses. Somebody, if you see that in an image. Pre-reservoir dogs, you know. Oh yeah, blues. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I just love the look and style. So uh, I'm going with Candyman and Blues Brothers for special achievement. That takes us to best scene. There are lots of really good scenes. I I do want to give a shout out here to the Blues Brothers, like that final chase scene mm-hmm. through like. The, yeah, it, it amazes me every single time I watch it that they blocked off Lower Wacker Fucking Drive. Like yeah, Wacker Drive, you dude. can't do that. Do like I can't wacker. imagine. I've gotten this. lost like, on Wacker Drive so many times because it's so busy and yeah. congested. You don't know where the fuck you're going. Can you imagine no. shutting that shit down? No, I can't. I, I, it's insane. Every time I watch it, it's insane to me. Like you've been there. It's this like multi-level it's, <laughs> it's fucking convoluted as shit and yeah. they're fucking flying with like 88 cars and Nazis and yeah. fucking rednecks and all kinds like, it's a great representation st- of Chicago traffic <laughs> well, yeah I mean, and if you're talking about locations, that's like an, an awesome Chicago location yeah. where it represents all the craziness driving in Chicago. Th- no, that's a that's a phenomenal scene. I, I do think that's an, it's an iconic scene. Yeah. Um Everything from the moment they taught, they do that that thing where they, you know, we, we've got a pack of cigarettes, we mm-hmm. hundred miles, you know, like like hit it. Everything from there until the Bluesmobile falls oh, apart. God, is, you're you're is, pretty much pulling oh, the the the, uh, <laughs> right, the, right, right. the word out of my mouth, dude. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Do you want to go uh, ahead and jump in there? Then? Yeah, no, that's that's, okay. that's mine. It's the final chase. I even put here the quote. Um, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hit it. You know, and uh, yeah, from that quote on, it's complete Looney Tunes. Yeah. It's complete Looney Tunes, massive piles of destruction, all practical effects, legit cars being destroyed. Yeah. It is nuts. That's where most of the budget went to. Let's be honest. They, like, this is where you say they don't make movies like this. Oh, yeah. 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 They don't make final chases. Like, you have to be fucked up on cocaine to make a a movie like this, you know, today. Or then. And you can tell it's it's real, um, real auto crashes and things, uh, a lot less of the. The only thing that looked funky, and I understand it, and I don't know if it's a matte painting or what, but it's that scene that I actually like, so it doesn't hurt the scene, but it's when he says, I've always loved you. 
and they fly off. I don't know if that's like sure. a matte painting behind them or like what that is. Yeah. Or something. yeah, I remember yeah. you saying something. You're like, I think it's the real that thing. Looks they shitty. couldn't afford that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, you can't just throw these you know, poor cops no, off but, a fucking but in, all, but in all seriousness, I don't, I, I've never looked up how they do the shot. I've always just imagined just because the whole movie is so fucking weird, like, I, they probably threw that shit out of a fucking plane. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. Just something looked <laughs> weird about it. But, you know, I what no doesn't idea. look weird is the 104 fucking car crashes they yeah. do in this movie. That look stuff looks legit. And so it's, it might be a little bit of a cheat, but yeah, my favorite scene is the entire epic final chase. Okay. Well, hold on. I have a tie. Oh, it's a tie. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. My oh, it's, so it's actually okay. a tie. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. That's... And now it's time to seem super anticlimactic. Now the the mm-hmm. actually the shootout at Union Station. I okay. love that. Like the the slowdown like with the like slow motion? I really do. Yeah. yeah, I like that it take. I like that it's slow and like you get there and Elliot's just casing the place and you see you see they're they're bringing the the, the, the carriage up the up the stairs and it's like once everything starts go. I love that and I also love Andy Garcia at the bottom of the stairs being like yeah I got him. I, mm-hmm. I got him. You know, like, like he, he, sli- he slides in, catches the fucking baby carriage, and he just sights this dude up. And that's cool as fuck. I think okay. that's the coolest fucking scene, man. Yeah. Interesting. That's I don't. I don't. I love it. that I scene. I really it. do. Like, I'm surprised you don't. I, I don't think it's as epic as it could be. I don't hate it. I love it. It's like I'm not gonna sit here and be like that fucking scene blows. Man, it's just I don't feel it as much as you. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but yeah, no, I don't. Cool. I don't hate it. But there's uh that's one of the better scenes for sure. And I'm gonna talk about that scene later on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, my best scene though, act it goes. Goes to the Untouchables, but it is a different scene. It is the bring a knife to a gunfight mm. scene where Nettie kills Malone. We don't know that to the end of the scene. So the scene starts with the henchman from his viewpoint of him opening the yeah. window. And then you see down the hallway. And just like the way mm. it's shot and everything and the suspense, the the music layered yeah. on it. It's that when point he's slowly, of view shot. Yeah, right? that point of view <laughs> and it's creepy. And then you see Sean Connery, you know, Jim Malone off in the corner and then he's not in the room. And then, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it turns and she's like... And then you think that Sean Connery bested him, but then he goes outside and gets killed by Nettie. Like, that whole setup of the whole scene. It takes him forever to fucking die, though. No, I liked how he crawled back in. Like the He waits for him to get there to tell him, like, a key piece of information. Because he's a tough Irish American bastard! (laughs) (laughs) Come on! I mean, he's Scottish, but Uh, in this movie, he's an Irish bastard. He's got to do the right thing and end it well. Um, I that was a horrible impersonation. Um, well, so was his. Uh, his yeah, so was so. his. But Sound just hey, like him. Mine, mine might have been a little bit better. That was mine. My point goes for best scene goes down. Okay. Um, if I can add a uh, a runner up for best kill, you actually just reminded me of one. Oh. Uh, this is not going to be any points. It's just yeah, just a runner yeah. up. But um, I thought it was so fun. It was um, Malone was Sean Connery, right? Yeah. Okay. Malone when they're at that uh, uh, the the bridge. In mm-hmm. the countryside, yeah, he he takes uh, a guy that's already dead. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he's like threatening him, so someone else sees that he's threatening him, and then he blows his brains out. But yeah. he can't he can't get in trouble or anything because the dude's already the guy's dead. already dead. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool because it kind of turns the tables. And the I guy's mean, like, nowadays oh, fuck. he'd be charged with what like doing something to a body. It's like, Chicago. Yeah. It's Chicago. Well, I mean. Dude. Yellowstone, they do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so but but at least the guy originally died in like a firefight, you know. Yeah, yeah. But in the eyes of this guy in the situation See, like, now. how yeah. he used He used this dead body. To, like, exert power and yeah, control. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. So okay. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, that takes us to defining moment attribute MVP. This There's so many, like, I wanted to use a quote because there's so many fucking good quotes, man. These, these are the things that I think of the defining moment. 
and I, it's got to be. I went with Untouchables, man. I, I bet there's probably, bet there's probably a bunch of Blues Brothers that I could have picked, man. But like, it's. I don't think you can beat. They pull a knife, you pull a gun. Right. Uh, he sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's fucking no, badass. That's a great line. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking great line, man. And I think that really that's like, a great line. as far as the define that this is the Chicago. This, yeah, no, that, right? and that's I mean, yeah, is, that's yeah. that's legit. Okay, um, my defining mm-hmm. moment attribute or MVP is actually MVP Candyman for all the reasons Brad said earlier. Uh, finally, there's a black core icon that's dominated by uh, white actors. I looked up earlier tonight. Um, top 20 horror icons mm. just to see where Candyman kind of felt if he was even on the list and mm. to see if there was any other yeah. black um, the only other black um, villains for horror movies were like black exploitation films black exploitation yeah. like, and there's some protagonists the, yeah. you know like Night of the Living Dead Dawn of the Dead but no villain you not know? like slashers okay yeah, yeah but like yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. not the killer yeah. themselves so I, we have Jason Freddy Michael Chucky Jigsaw Dracula yeah. Norman Bates all of these other white and finally there's representation I don't know if it's a good representation yeah. well, being well, that it's a horror said- icon but Young kids could be like, yeah, they can go for that in costume during the, ho- you know, no, yeah, that's important. Things no, like that. Yeah. yeah. So, that's like, very important. I, I think that's important. I think it's a good attribute. Which is kind of weird. I've never MVP. seen, like, black people on Halloween dressed up as Candyman. It's like, dude, that's legit. I bet if I was black, sick I'd be sick as fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really that's so cool. sick. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's really special, for sure. That's okay. awesome. All right. That's so, yours. this is uh, pretty much connected to my favorite scene. Um, and you said earlier, like, this this is kind of easy, right? But it, it's legit, man. Uh, my defining moment was just seeing the real car crashes in Blues Brothers. That's mm. easy, but it is what but, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's 104 cars wrecked. Like, you can't fake that shit, man. Yeah. No CGI, no green screens, just old school filmmaking. Like, they, they literally drove cars through a fucking mall. Yeah, you were yeah. really commenting on that when we watched it. You're like, oh my god, I wonder if this was a real mall or if it was a set. And we looked look it up, it up yeah. and you were like, oh my gosh, that was a real freaking mall. They bought yeah. out and they ran through and they destroyed the entire lower level yeah, of the mall. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. That's insane. So I'm going with Blues Brothers for vehicular mayhem, for practical yeah, effects, yeah. for stunt driving. Like, it is something special and worth celebrating. So I'm going with And Blues by the way, I will tell you one thing, because we were talking about Blues Brothers 2004. Blues Brothers held the record like like for the most cars destroyed until Blues Brothers yeah yeah. and that's one of those things like look I understand trying to sort of outdo yourself but why why yeah when you have that many cars it was kind of lightning in a bottle you know what I mean it's this really fucking cool iconic scene you're just gonna do better not to do though right like yeah I think when you're writing Blues Brothers 2000 like your your first thought is like well we we have to so I think it's important to take that formula but you gotta do it better and having an yeah. extra car or two in a destruction scene yeah. when there's yeah. so many. But you, is but not you know what? So me over here, after, and that's probably why Nathan doesn't like yeah. it. As much. And, and so, but you know, me over here, uh, post Blues Brothers, reading just you know this paper thin synopsis of like the you know what Blues Brothers two thousand is about, and knowing you know that they they up the level on the car, mm-hmm. I'm like, this sounds like a pretty legit sequel, and but I know it's it's you know, a lot of people fucking shit on it, so I, I can't wait to watch it and just be like, is that is that deserved shitting mm. all so over Blues Brothers two thousand? Like, I'm thinking about what were kids doing in two thousand. 
We had Nathan still hated it. <laughs> I mean, you were sixteen. We had Facebook oh. and things like that's what I'm saying. We're going back MySpace. to it. like uh, had, you had MySpace. Facebook, 1997. No, Facebook was 1997. Yeah, 1997. No fucking way. Ni- I'm a, no, I'm no, a fact it checker. was iPhone. Sorry, <laughs> iPhone. 1990. The like first iPhone came out. 1997. Jamie, can you pull Facebook it up? Facebook was 2007. Sure? Yes, because I had a thing with somebody, a conversation with somebody about it. Yes. Hey Google. Yeah, Jamie, look that up. <laughs> when did the first iPhone come out? June 2007, on the website then it is Facebook. they say, I was going to say, dude, the first I worked at Packers, okay. it's the US just a moment, Facebook, I worked at Packers like in 2000, and we had nano iPods, like, people would, <laughs> people would have shit themselves in 2000 for a fucking, like, for a fucking iPhone. What the, what came yeah, out Yeah, so you're, all you're, your, okay, something all your, happened. your awards aren't valid now, like, this is bullshit, okay, shut you don't up. know what the I, fuck you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, what were we talking about? That, that, we, were, we were talking about best uh, defining moment attribute MVP. Yeah, I already did that. Okay, so yeah, what were the fuck are you talking you about? You were talking about Chicago. I don't know. Oh, remember. Blues Brothers 2000. Then oh, Blues on this Brothers 2000. Yeah. So, like, what was going on in the world? What was happening? Uh, were there, like, children were different. We were in the early 80s when that movie came right. out. And, like, yeah. life and technology was so different. And so to have this, like, fun, farcical, like, Looney Tunes esque kind of thing for Blues Brothers two thousand for Blues Brothers the oh, original okay. I was gonna say. makes sense because it took these cartoon ideas and put it on the big screen with real people and you're like yeah you're living out that fantasy of the cartoon yeah two thousand they want to fucking live they were, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is popular How, what fucking cartoons really like you know what I mean yeah. like so the connection the I'm trying to stay with was, you but I'm like, the yeah. audience was different and more evolved okay we were simpler. Back in the day. So what we're so saying, I love that you're playing devil's advocate of Blues Brothers so, hey, 2000. So what we're saying like, right now to our listeners, none of us have seen to our years, listeners, like, Blues Brothers 2000 might be an underrated masterpiece. I'm might saying be. it might be. <laughs> Guys, it Shut, might. I think <laughs> all it might us not be. Might not, but I'm I'm thinking it might be. I'm fascinated by it. We should rewatch it. We should. There well, should maybe we'll should watch it after Nathan party. leaves. <laughs> okay. All right, that takes us to best director. I think it's gotta be John I think Landis, it's guys. Be a clean sweep. You, it you has think so? to be. I, I think I think it probably will be. So, like the John Landis was under pressure to recast a lot of the uh, musical acts because the, a lot other than like I think it was uh, Ray Charles, none of these guys had had musical hits for years and years. Mm-hmm. And like the studios went, "Hey, pick somebody people fucking know about." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> you know, right? we're gonna we're gonna stick to that. So I think that's a great decision. I think the casting great decision. I think. Like wrangling in John Belushi is worthy of an award. I think that taking the script, the sc- and narrowing down the down. script is yeah. is worthy of an award to film. Not only one of the greatest chase scenes of all time, but also one of the legitimately the best musicals I think of all time that still holds up and is still hilarious. Yeah, fuck yeah, John Landis, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna also go with Blues Brothers, John <laughs> Landis. Um, I think also it. For all the things. He infuses energy and has high action. And he's able to take those scenes that you were talking and pick the best of them and then put them together to a cohesive story that you don't have to know every single detail of their background. You get it from the scenes and the shots that he chose. And so, for me, Blues Brothers. Yeah, and I agree. John Landis. Um, I wrote down a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts here. Uh, You've hit on a lot of them throughout tonight so i'm not going to go back over them but just imagine being john landis and having to like 
you know, real in Belushi and Aykroyd and all the fucking drugs and, you know, fucking like, uh, there's one here I will read. And shut down Wacker Street. Yeah. Yeah, there was one here I will read. Actually, I'll read two that I wrote down. Carrie Fisher was told by John Landis, for God's sake, if you see John doing drugs, stop him. (laughs) Okay, just imagine being Landis here, okay? And then you brought up... Carrie Fisher, who's coming off of Star Wars and everything, is telling you... Who she almost choked choked to death, by the way. And Aykroyd had to give her the Heimlich maneuver, and then they got engaged in real life. Yeah, I knew they were engaged. Yeah, but there was one here. Okay, here you go. Uh, According to Aykroyd... There was budget in the movie for cocaine for the night. You, you brought that up, right? Cocaine. Uh, John Landis discovered a mound of cocaine on, on the table, on a table that rivaled the amounts seen in Scarface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it was, it was a, he described oh it as a God. mountain of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. John Belushi and, and Dan Aykroyd stole <laughs> Nazi officer uniforms from the wardrobe <laughs> department and took a joyride just down the freeway. You know? Yeah. And then pot runs and fuck, man. It just goes on and on. And then... You know, the, uh... <laughs> it's a wonder the, the that John, Dan Aykroyd is still alive. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I mean, we know John Belushi And he loves away. vodka. <laughs> so, you know. But he's into paranormal shit. Yeah. He's, yeah. like, super he's into an music character. and other By the way, if anybody, drugs yeah. and illicit materials and things. And we're not condoning any of that. Do your diligence. Follow the law. All that stuff. All listeners. Um... Yeah, I think Dan Aykroyd, it's, yeah. it's surprising from Just kind of their a, history that they're... A side note alive. here, if anybody's listened to this, listen to uh, Joe Rogan talk to Dan Aykroyd for two hours about aliens. Oh it's my god, it's fucking priceless. It is, really. Um, but yeah, so then, logistically, the fucking, you know, filming all these cars being wrecked, which we've talked about, uh, you brought up the screenplay, taking it from 324 pages, John Landis, mm-hmm. you know, like, breaking that down to a filmable script... Uh, this, yeah, John Landis deserves it. Not too many people can come out of this kind of production and craft a movie that is loved by generations of fans. So I'm going with Blues Brothers as well. That takes us to Wild Card, Nate. So this is where I wanted to give a shout out to Candyman, right? Like, Candyman might be one of the most underrated horror... I I, I don't even want to call him a villain. Well, he is, but I I feel weird saying it because he's... Just character of all time. He's, he has a great look. He has a fucking cool... When he shows up, just the sound. His sound is fucking cool. His voice yeah. is great. The bees behind him. Yeah, he's like, so yeah. cool. Um, and, and we talked about this before. Even though his story is sympathetic, he's not depicted in a sympathetic yeah. way. Like, it, he's only concerned with like, perpetuating the, the myth um, and the cycle of violence and fear and creating that atmosphere. You know what I mean? Because that's what sustains him. I think that's really fucking cool. Like, like he kind of exists because people believe that yeah, he exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I mean, what gives him like strength. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's go it. Ahead. Okay, so I love that. like, I at the more we more we talk about, it, the more I was thinking about Candyman. Is it like a psycho, a sociological, like the black mindset back in Chicago during that time to like protect themselves and not admit that they were still being kept down by the white people because they took all of these deaths. Did a black man really kill them? Was it this myth? Or is it still the the white middle class man keeping them down? And like, ah, oh, I just think there's so many sociological so implications the, the to The new Candyman. Have you seen the new Candyman? Yeah. I have. But, actually, been, I, but know, I've I only actually, seen it once. And I, I actually, actually prefer, enjoyed it. I actually prefer the 92. 
over I, the new one. I think that the I think that the new one explores what Candyman's about a I little bit so. more, it, and, and I think that gives it yeah. more context. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I like the original more. Yeah. See, but, I think I like that <clears throat> because I I'm a psychology and sociology major, so I like want to find out why people do the things they do and all of that stuff. So yeah, no, I just I definitely think it is has some sociological implications. Sorry. And so you're going with I the... want to say that. Oh no, what a, uh, the wild card. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I was just making a comment about Candyman. Uh, the wild card for me is the Portly and Flexible Award. Oh. What would you is like? Is that me? Is it's for me, uh, boys? Me? It's the Portly, <laughs> which means stout and rump scrumptious. You're talking about Virginia Madsen's boobies. I am not. There was a side shot, but they were sexy. They were <laughs> very Maybe that would be impressive. A, very large runner-up. and plump. I mean, she was always naked in the bathtub, wasn't she? No, I don't, we never saw her titties. I, I thought uh, we saw There was a mouth. side shot. Like a side yeah, shot. Yeah, we yeah. saw something. Yeah. yeah, I want... Okay, like, anyway, my Portly and Flexible Award goes to John Belushi from Blues Brothers because did you know I questioned it and I still do I don't know if my fact checking of Google is true (laughs) but I'm gonna go with it since Google you know is obviously true um John did his own backward handsprings. In did the oh, that's day. legit. No, because he did. I he, remember that. he was actually somewhat of a gymnast, mm-hmm. and he had done, <laughs> and he had learned different things. And so that this, you don't think it's true. Yeah. You don't think that this portly, round, short, you know, comedian man who's like high on cocaine <laughs> and singing the blues. Oh, and I. Like, if you tell me that he's fellow, actually doing the hands, I one hundred percent. He, he legit sure. is supposed to be doing the hand. Springs, it's like if you told if you told me Chris Farley, I'd believe you. Chris Farley did it too. So the cartwheels, right? I would believe because I've seen some SNL skits where he does it and stuff. But like legit down the aisle of the yeah. church and the back, I was like, that can't. That's got to be a stunt man. I was like, but he's a portly stunt man. Whoever you know, whoever sure. it is, it either way, he's a big guy. Yeah, it legit is John Belushi. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's my yeah. wild card award. Blues Brothers, John Belushi. No, that's good, man. Uh, so my uh, wild card here. Could have been the Belushi Award. It could have been the Dan Aykroyd um, Award. It could have been the Billy Drago or Drago Award from uh, Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am going with um, kind of uh, what you said, Nate. Uh, but I'm calling this not the Candyman Award, but I'm calling this the Tony Todd okay. Award. And I just don't think this dude gets enough recognition, man. Yeah. Like, he's he's so good in, in you know, everything that you do see him in. He's, he's not... He should be in a lot more than, than yeah, what he absolutely. is. You know, like he's his I voice. I wonder why is so it good. is. Like mm-hmm. you just said, like Morgan Freeman's got this great voice, yeah. this this charisma and quality about him. I think he Tony Todd has the same presence. Yeah, he has this yeah. gravelly voice and this he's, like look and demeanor. He could be in so many. He films. seems like someone like Tarantino or Robert yes. Rodriguez would yes. work like, with. Let's respark your career and show people. Yeah, the but like Tarantino's worked with people like Sid Haig and Robert Rodriguez yeah. worked with people like Jeff Fahey. It's like I don't know. Just like seems like Tony Todd is in their so wheelhouse, and I don't know by uh, choice know. or they ju- he just never yeah. landed. He's a dickhead. Roles. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like you're right though. We we see him all the time at all horror conventions, yeah. and he's always kind of in that middle row. Where the, like the low middle, yeah, always seems yeah. super friendly. Like, I never yeah. heard anybody always say Tony Todd's a fucking nice. dickhead. Don't go over there. Yeah, but it's just you always, and it's always like, oh, Tony Todd's right there. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. Never, there's never this big. You take him for like, granted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's I'm not taking him for granted. No, next time I, because, no, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, this is actually kind of like you know uh, made him a little bit more special, you know, for yeah. me. But uh, Tony Todd is so awesome, and he came up with the backstory for Candyman. No shit. Yeah, like because cool. uh, the the original Candyman story, I forget what it is, but it was written by Clive. Barker and oh, he had like I think yeah. it was like some European roots or something. 
I, and then he came yeah, in and was I like, no, we're going to connect this to slavery. And, you know, he gave him all this backstory. So I think uh, Tony Todd needs some extra love tonight. So I'm going with Candyman. That, oh, my gosh. I'm looking at Tony Todd's IMDb. Probably a, a bunch of stuff, but not, not, not quality <laughs> Yes. Are these TV? So no, between TV and yeah. um, movies, two hundred and thirty-one. I, I was gonna say when you because I heard you say two, two and I was yeah. like, I, I knew where she was going, like two hundred. Two hundred and thirty-one performances doesn't, doesn't surprise but me. But in some like, what the heck on Tubi, the Hellblazers? Yeah, or bitch ass on. From yeah, Titus it's probably Dark, like in season like, three of Hannah Montana. Yeah, Masters you know, of the Universe, as a, as a fucking Melman or TV something. Series. Yeah, yeah, like he's in some like. <clears throat> BS yeah, supposedly stuff. like Tony Todd needs to be in some yeah, legit I shit. I mean, the the two biggest uh, Tales from the Hood, I guess, but might be in Tales from the Hood three. Maybe I can cast him in John Dick, dude. He's just <laughs> never got a break. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, no, he's I mean, he's probably making money. I'm sure. I mean, he's making money, and yeah, he's obviously he's showing up at the conventions, and you know that makes you yeah. some good solid cast. Not him though, like, but yeah, I guess not like, because you said yeah, I don't know how many conventions you've been to. And the fact that you just told me that you don't have a Candyman poster and you've seen him multiple times. I'm just like, times. fuck it, we'll get him next time. Right, and, right. And we'll talk to him, but I've, met, I've talked to him, like, so why are you taking a piss or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> hey, Tony, what's yeah. up, buddy? Right. Love your voice, <laughs> you know? All right, that yeah. takes us to our next category, what the fuck. So let's give a few runner-ups, and then we will give our main what the fuck. Sound good? Yeah. Sure. All right, do we have any for Blues Brothers? And I'm, we're just going to have a runner-up. Runner like, just the entire production? Yeah, I've got... <laughs> So we we talked we talked about a lot of the things, but one of the things that I I legitimately didn't know this, um, the 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 little boy who like in Ray Charles's when they go into his shop and he tries oh, yeah. tries to take the guitar off the wall mm-hmm. yeah. and he gets shot. You know who that is? No. It's Argyle from Die Hard. No shit. <laughs> when, he's, when he's a little kid, it's, I think it's his first performance. That's hilarious. We That's just watched Die awesome. Hard on Christmas I, Eve because yeah. I was looking up. I, we did too, and I was watching. I was just looking up. Hey, wh- whatever happened to this Argyle? Where, where's that yeah. guy at? And I was looking at his Wikipedia page, and it said his first appearance was he tried to steal the guitar in Blues Brothers. And I was That's like, no awesome. shit. Yeah, that was That's awesome. super cool. No, that is super cool. <laughs> I love Argyle, dude. From a guitar yeah. stealing kid to a limo driver, <laughs> no one shit. of the best Christmas movies. Um, Blues Brothers. I so the whole like every, <laughs> the whole time watching it, uh, and this is just a runner up. It's not my like, uh, but if I have to think of one. It's just that it reminds me of a freaking kids movie. You know, like <laughs> Sesame. I kept saying, this is like Follow That Bird and Country Bears. Dude, here's a, here's a quote for Blues Brothers fans from April. This is some Country Bears shit. <laughs> I had not. Okay, so I want to I wanna interject. I don't know. Lock the doors if tonight. I've actually ever watched the full Blues Brothers movie yeah. before we had to watch it for this. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to expect. I know it's iconic. I know it has some great music and, you know, I, I recognize the, the costumes and everything, but I was like, I was expecting some serious, like, I don't know, drama slash Oh comedy. no, God, no, no. And I'm like, or like even adventures in babysitting quality. This was some low level shit. I'm being serious. <laughs> I was like country bears. This is what I kept saying when we were watching it. It's like they got all the cameos for all the singers. And Video yeah. Land goes down another notch. <laughs> so I, that's not my what the fuck. <laughs> but 
Blues did, Brothers equals Country Bears. It, it did make me... Th- I mean, okay. <laughs> Look at Country Bears. They get the band back together. Yeah. It is a bunch of fucking bears. There's a harmonica playing bear. Yeah. They go to all these different you're, places. Right now, you're, you're getting really close to sounding racist on you, so you need to stop. If you've never seen Disney's Country Bears, go and watch it. And tell me but it does maybe, not maybe compare. Maybe Country Bears is paying homage. I think it is. And I said that so earlier. That and that's why, I gave, that's why I gave it a, a special achievement. Remember? Okay. Jeez. Okay. I'm, so that I have, was my what the fuck. So I have, so that's not your main what the fuck, right? No, no, no. Okay. Because I have another one that's going to melt everybody's minds, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so you have the Country Bears thing. Um, I always thought it was odd as a kid that the Blues Brothers was two white guys. Yeah. I yeah, don't, yeah. like... The majority of blues artists in this movie are black people. So you think the blues Is there any brothers? Black people? Well, Eric Clapton, maybe? Is he's he not even one? in it. Oh, he's in. Uh, he's in two thousand. I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. So I just you would think the blues brothers would be black, and then I ran into an article. Okay. Okay. It said repackaging blues for a white audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes on to say. <clears throat> It's weird to see Johnny Lee Hooker playing Boom Boom on the street while Aykroyd and Belushi play to a big theater full of white people. <laughs> and I was but like, yeah, it's a little... It was like, the so there you go. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back around on this. Um, but I'm like, yeah, like it's a little weird that the Blues Brothers are two white dudes that kind of steal the spotlight from all these you know, black artists. But it's also anti like not anti-nazi yeah anti-racist yeah. and it supports black well, culture and the, the black art is a celebration uh, of yeah that culture yeah. and that sound and yeah we're bringing in those artists yeah and so it's but it's, then the two white guys get the big show i mean they are the, the <laughs> well they're, they're the, the stars yeah, yeah, yeah. of the right. show yeah. brad like <laughs> called the blues brothers so i don't i, I don't well, think it's a okay, racist so movie the two no, no, no. Brothers, but, but how many of the players in the band are black but i'm so i'm scratching my head when it's all over and i'm like just what the fuck am i supposed to take away from this we got fucking dogs next door yeah. that are really pissing me off I'm, i think i'm gonna kick one of them in the balls i'll be right back <laughs> let's pause so fuck those rental home fucking pit bulls okay they're fucking loud and annoying all right any runner-ups for untouchables nathan i don't think so Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think in anything really that... I mean, I'm sure... Are you going to bring up the accent, I assume? The, the accent, okay, Sean okay, That's my runner-up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no runner-ups for me. Okay, any for Candyman. I have like three or four for this I one. don't. Okay. I don't. So what are yours, Brad? How does Helen discredit Candyman? Like, because that's his big know. thing, right? Okay. That this white woman has come into the project. He's trying to discredit her oh. by saying he doesn't exist. And it's just yeah. a myth. And, and so then... If, if he's worried about don't one believe, white woman... <laughs> They have influence and power, and if everybody forgets about him, but she hasn't even published her paper. It doesn't matter. And actually, but but she's telling the people who were there. Yeah, like like listen, that this the candyman. It's just some fucking guy. Yeah, but you walk, but you walk into his uh, his fucking home there with the graffiti and shit, and you already believe again. Well, I mean, you kill one person. But over time, I think it goes away because so I, I think. I get what I'm you're right. saying. Yeah. I'm just worried, like, if you're worried about one white chick running her mouth, maybe you ain't such a legend. I think that talks to the sociology. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I saying, okay? To the ideologies of how white people have power and they okay. can control. The end scene where uh, Helen's... The uh, No, Helen's uh, husband, boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has ex-husband. The, ex-husband. Has the mistress 
at the funeral. Oh. Yo, dude, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you got some balls, dude, to bring the mistress to the fucking funeral, man. That's crazy. Um, that's, I think, all I have for uh, for Candyman. Mm-hmm. I do wish Candyman was rotten, though. I'll, I'll just put that out there. I wish it was rotten oh, so see. it could be in Rotten Halloween because I think that Candyman is... It would crush. Is, it would crush. Yeah. You know? And it's not but like, it's not it's rotten. Not like, but, it's it's, but it's not like Candyman's no. a perfect movie, though. No. But I could no, see no, no. I could see it like writing that 59-60 as well. You know what? Rotten Tomato scores, you could tell me a, a film has any score and I'd believe you. Uh-huh. Because it's so fucking random. I was yeah. say, it doesn't even mean based anything. On the like, things, I think the real reason you're giving Candy man so many awards is you love horror movies i do love horror but i think there's um a lot of important stuff i think you love horror movies and you want to have that agenda and that thing out there so i think rotten score tomato rotten tomato well i mean like so if if untouchables was like the only gangster movie ever fucking made i would give like you know but it's not but it's (laughs) not but but candy man is like uh the only black you know, slasher yeah. villain. So, and the the origin story that's connected to slavery. Who wants to be reminded of slavery? I, I mean, think it's ingenious. I really do. Back in ninety two. But so you are killed during slave times, and you're still relevant today. And you you, you have this curse over Chicago. Like that is sick, man. Yeah, and like I think it's like this slave vengeance. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's bad. I think it's By great. killing his own people. No, because he's killing uh, every, anybody who says his name five times, not just his own people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that, that doesn't whole, like, maybe I'm confusing it because the whole myth starts at Cabrini Green and, like, that, you know? Okay. Yeah, anyway. but it's anywhere in Chicago. It's anywhere in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that, okay. so, but with the Rotten Tomato thing, I just want to say that, like, because it's not a perfect movie. It's not no. perfect. And <clears throat> so I kind of wish it was a little bit closer to the Rotten side so we could talk about it. In the the rotten Halloween. So anyway, uh, that takes us to what a um, real what the fuck is. Yeah, uh, is that? Yep. Yeah, we already talked about touchables, everything. Yeah. So our number one, what the fuck, Nathan? So this is another thing that I didn't know until I was reading up this last time. And I've seen. I don't know that they ever say it in the movie. They must because it's it's cited everywhere. But Bob's Country Bunker is meant to be in Kokomo, Indiana, and Mm. that's it says it. And and if you go to like Kokomo's. The city of Kokomo, like, oh yeah, Bob's Country Bunker, like the fictional yeah. from Blues Brothers, is right here in Kokomo, like, and it's like that shit makes so much sense because it's such a fucking. Like, but I would believe you, Bob's Country, but we we live a stone's throw from fucking mm-hmm. Kokomo, right? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. This is exactly minutes. the kind of bullshit that would be down the road. <laughs> I mean, that is we true. live in, in in Bob's Country Bunkerville. You know what I mean? And, and just I I remember reading that and I was like, oh yeah, I can totally fucking see that. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, my, be nice to me, Nathan. My number one, what the fuck, the only one I had, I had that. You got shit on Blues Brothers. It's some country bears shit, It actually is the Untouchables Union Station Oh, okay, scene. you yeah. didn't care for that either. The long, drawn out oh, I like shootout. <laughs> the stroller falling down the stairs. So I looked it up. I was like, okay, what is that scene? I remember. So I looked it up today. YouTube video from the start of them entering the station until the end where they, uh, spoiler, Andy Garcia shoots the guy in the head. Nine minutes and 30 Is it nine seconds. minutes? Yeah, it's, a long, it's a long time. Holy from, shit. From the time they enter, at three minutes and 34 seconds, 
the fucking baby and stroller <laughs> enter the scene. It, it, and then I will admit, it goes Ness on for a while. apparently has some moral dilemma. Do I help the lady or do I not? She's struggling. First of all, why the fuck didn't the lady just pick the goddamn carriage up and carry it down the stairs instead of one stair by stair by stair by stair? It is a little <laughs> Whatever the heck she was doing. Like, what the? And then him, he finally goes and helps her. Takes it six minute mark he gets her to the stairs gets her up the stairs she's getting ready to leave all of a sudden he turns in because there's people coming in and out of the union station and he's you said earlier he's looking for you know the mobsters and everything he turns and he just starts shooting he pushes the mom out of the way and pushes the (laughs) stroller down the fucking stairs again and then it takes another three minutes and 30 seconds to continue to fall down the stairs which you pointed I out earlier, Andy great. Garcia then slides in at the very last stair <laughs> oh, and stops cool. it with his leg. I mean, Andy Garcia's it's, move is pretty fucking cool. You know what? So but the you... whole scene is like, <laughs> I don't know it took made... me out of it. I'm used to great gangster movies like The Godfather. Yeah. And this was just like, it's just, I think it's uh, all it's, so it's not. This... I hated this. Untouchables, what the fuck. So it's not my what the fuck. And actually, I, I like the scene. It's not, it's, I think one of the better scenes in Untouchables. But, like, we just watched Django. Uh-huh. I don't know if you made the connection, but, like, Django had a slow motion scene, but it was only, like, three to four minutes. It's nine you know? minutes and, and 36 candy. seconds. I, I know, and that's what I'm saying. It's a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you even said, that stroller took a really No, it did. It, I agree and with And why? Oh, why when the Zach stroller? Snyder does it, you guys fucking uh, yeah. love why it. But no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I just don't understand even what the point of having the baby in the stroller was. I just it think really cool served scene. no fucking purpose other than Andy Garcia to look cool swinging in at the very end, laying yeah. on the floor, and then shooting. I think the it guy. just adds tension. I think Zack Snyder has fifty. Because did that baby really look like a baby, or was it a fucking toddler that could have walked down the stairs? <laughs> I, I think a full head of hair. <laughs> I think Zack Zack Snyder has fifty slow motion scenes that are one. Minute long a piece. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> per movie. Okay. Uh, no, but my number one what the fuck is Untouchables. And it's hardly any of the Untouchable shit happens in real life. Like, oh, I was just going to say, oh, I wrote that down as you guys were talking. I was like, hey, I got to mention this. None of that happened. None of it. No! <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> scene the, where he throws him off of the yeah. building didn't, didn't happen. happen. None of that We've had movies in the past. Braveheart, Gladiator, yeah, yeah. right? That Loosely based on... Are still enjoyable, even though it wasn't faithful people. to real life events. But they got some... There wasn't Al Capone. Got... There wasn't yeah. Elliot Ness. Listen to this, listen to this. It's the worst. It is the worst. Like, I looked up some inaccuracies, right? So in real life, Al Capone... Uh, knew that killing a prohibition agent would only lead to more trouble. Right. He right? was he was trying to convince them not to kill them. Yeah. So right, he didn't yeah. he didn't do any of that shit. Like he didn't want to kill anybody. Like he but tried to pay them off. That doesn't make for a good film. Yeah. So okay. What would yeah, Robert yeah. De Niro do? Uh, despite the final courtroom scene, uh, the real Al Capone and Elliot Ness never came face to face during the battles. Yeah. They never even fucking met each other. Okay. <laughs> um, this movie portrays Elliot Ness as being happily married. And his wife having a daughter and a baby son. In real life, Elliot Ness had been married three times, <laughs> all right? And he was married to his wife, his first wife, uh, like, for a short amount of time. And the only child he ever had uh, was an adopted son named Robert. Uh, Elliot, so they took some creative liberties yeah, Elliot Ness to make him a more lovable, likable character. Elliot Ness was an alcoholic. <laughs> to make him a more lovable... I would believe that the, about Jim Malone. The raid at the Canadian-United States border oh, totally never bullshit. happened. Yeah, that was totally <laughs> okay. 
Uh, neither did the courthouse or railway railway station shootouts. So over uh, half the movie. Yeah, no, yeah. all of it. Uh, Ness did not kill. We just uh, talked about that. Nitty. Frank Nitty. Frank yeah, Nitty yeah. died. I think twelve he years. Fifteen years later. Yeah, yeah. Twelve years suicide. after the trial. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm only only going to bring up a few more. But um, Ness's unit had very little to do with Capone's final tax evasion conviction. This might be the most inaccurate fucking movie of all time, yeah. and. I don't think it's good. <laughs> I think it if is, I, man. If I, I really thought do. it was good, if I thought it was Goodfellas, Godfather, like, dude, I would have the biggest fucking nerd boner if they said tomorrow Tarantino comes out and says, you know what, I'm going to redo you, Untouchables. You still have a nerd boner for that because you think he'd really rock it. Yeah, and he could make this same fucking movie with all the inaccuracies because, you know, he would just do his... He'd stylize it. He would stylize it, but he'd also do dialogue. his revenge... Or it'd be like, you know, historical fantasy. Yeah, yeah. You know, that he does with Django oh, and Glorious. Once upon a time in Hollywood. So then it would make fucking evasion. sense. He'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, no, that shit ever happened. But I'm trying to just make a fun mm-hmm. movie. Right. And it'd be set in 1930s Chicago. It'd be fucking badass. Yeah. This movie, I just dream of the day that Tarantino will fucking remake this shit. <laughs> All right. With a real Ennio Morricone score, too, by the way. <laughs> so that takes us to Worst Picture, Nate. You know what? I, I'm, I have to say Candyman. Hmm. But, but I... I fuck man. I really do like Untouchables. I, it, it surprises me that you that you don't. Um, so like I said, like, I'm gonna say Candyman, even though I, I honestly I love it. I don't think it's a great movie. I have to pick something, and I, I really don't. I don't think it's as good as Untouchables or Blues Brothers. Uh, so I would say Candyman, but it's not a it's not a hey fuck Candyman thing. It's just well, I gotta pick one. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna go with the same. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Candyman. I'm just not super interested. Like, it, in Brad, I think you said this earlier, in the horror movies, it's not one where I'm like, oh, yeah, let's pop that in this yeah. year. It's Halloween And I probably time won't be next fun. year either, but it was good. Uh, and it's good for that maybe once in a while. But honestly, I, I think you might remember, I was kind of bored. I was like, get on with the action. What? This narrative's <laughs> taking way too long. Um, so out of these three, which none of them I think is amazing or amazing, uh, blues, Candyman had, <laughs> blues, can, blues, 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 no, Candyman <laughs> had my lowest scores. Country Brothers. <laughs> Candyman was, Good old Blues Brothers country, country Boys. <laughs> At least Untouchables, I think I could, um, I was interested and it might've been just solely because of. Kevin Costner is nice to look at. Andy Garcia and I'm isn't a Kevin too bad Costner either. Fan. Robert De Niro is a great mm-hmm. actor, no matter what he's in. Um, and Sean Connery, like mm-hmm. like those four and big I do, I actors, love... I love the thing. And like you said, I like a, like a 1930s gangster mafia crime type movie. Yeah. So Untouchables, I could watch again. Candyman was the one where if I'm like, if I had to choose one of them, I get it. I don't want to watch that again if I'm forced. <laughs> so I'm going to agree with you a little bit. I didn't go with the same worst picture, but if I can be honest, like I thought all three of these movies were just, they were good. They're like okay. they were good. They're worth um, watching. Yeah. Um, except for untouchables. I don't, I don't hate untouchables. Like it, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, but breaking all these down, like I get why some people consider blues brothers a classic. Like I, I get it. It doesn't hit for me. Like it does other people, but I, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Candyman is dated in a '90s way. I, I do like the origin of the story, but it's very. It is a '90s horror movie, and it, 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 it feels dated. It feels dated. Um, 
Untouchables, though, man. Like, I was, when Untouchables was over, like, I was like, thank God. I felt it complete. Like I, I, I found it he to did. be He's complete. Like, is this over yet? How much longer? I just found it have? to be completely dull. Like some of the epic moments fell flat. Uh, the big country side shootout. The um, country bears. What? The country bear shootout. The country shootout. Uh, the Union Station scene. I'm not gonna harp on that too much. Yeah. I was underwhelmed, but it's okay. Um, but I think Untouchables was missing energy. I think that's my big complaint. Like it was just kind of flat, and then it gets gritty. For like a second, and then it gets very sentimental. And I think some of that's the score that I hate too. It gets very sentimental, very weird but you tone. You love the composer. I do, but not here. Like yeah. I think Ennio Morricone could have anybody could have scored Untouchables. It's like your simplest. You can get the fucking guy who directed the Dragnet TV show, and I bet he could direct the you know or, or come up with the same score vibe. I liked it. But I was surprised when I found out it was Ennio Morricone. Yeah, it I doesn't didn't, feel I didn't like Morricone. I realize that was the case. Yeah, yet. it's. I did not like the the Ennio Morricone score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Connery's supporting role was just weird. Like I, I he was the only one that brought energy, so I'm not gonna shit on him too much. Just a really weird accent. <laughs> Uh, just, yeah, just Untouchables is definitely my least favorite movie. I'm su- back to Sean Connery though. I'm surprised as fuck. No one else was better than him. in, like, what, when did Untouchables come out? Uh, what did we say? 80... 87. I want to see that sh- that fucking list. Like, the five people that was up for best supporting. Did oh, he? Yeah. Did he, it, did you, oh, did yeah, he deserve that shit? Yeah, while we're... And I'm a Sean Connery fan. I'll watch The Rock any goddamn week, man. Dude. I fucking love The Rock. I can't believe we've never talked about The Rock. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah and Nicolas Cage three-way. Con Air, The that Rock, one. and Face Off. That's oh, a shit. great... That's a, that's a great spiritual, like trilogy yeah oh i love that anyway i'm a big fan of uh sean connery just he was good here but i can't believe he he won the fucking did he win it okay yeah he did no i know actor in a supporting role sean connery for the untouchables okay uh albert burks for broadcast news morgan freeman Mm. for street smart vincent gardenia for moonstruck and denzel washington for cry freedom Okay, so maybe he, he did was, deserve it. He was, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've seen Moonstruck. I've seen Cry Freedom. I haven't seen I haven't any of those seen, movies. I haven't seen three of them. I haven't seen, but Morgan Maybe Freeman he did, because like, at least Sean Connery brought the energy. Yeah, and I think out of this Okay, fuck it, he deserved it. Okay, best picture. Yeah, right? That takes us to best picture. The fact he, that we don't know those movies, there you go. Yeah, he deserved it. He deserved it, fuck it. Okay. Still my worst movie, but <laughs> all right, nope. best picture. Uh, maybe this is surprising, but this is a tie for me. This is B- Blues Brothers and Untouchables. I think Blues Brothers, like I said, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's always been since I was a kid. But so is Untouchables. I- Untouchables, I don't think is better than Blues Brothers. I don't think I-, I don't think of it. It's not one of my top ten movies, but I think it. I think it's. I yeah, I think it's fucking really good, man. I really, I really do. I'm Blues so, Brothers. super surprised. Both, I, Both, I think yeah, Untouchables yeah. Okay. is too. Yeah, I think I think it's Blues Brothers, obviously, mm-hmm. and then I think it's Untouchables. Yeah, I think a lot of people would think so. I, I'm very mm-hmm. surprised. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you uh, put, I bet most. I feel like most people would say, "Oh, Untouchables is actually fucking better." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like they would. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off base on this. Yeah, I, I disagree, I but I could be way off base too. I don't, I've never checked the temperature in the room for Blues Brothers or Untouchables. Yeah. And I, you know, I think if you look, I think Blues Brothers is so iconic and ingrained in our culture that it would win hands down over mm. like the Untouchables. 
Like, there's just so many iconic moments and songs and, like, you know, mm. nods back to yeah. it in future films and culture. Yeah. So, yeah. No. I will say this real quick. I actually tagged you, Nathan. I, I think I showed you the video, April, but there was a convention just this year in 2022 oh, yeah. for Blues Brothers. You said we needed to go to at it. The, is it Juliet? Yeah, Juliet at Prison. Juliet Juliet yeah. Prison. yeah. And I like Blues Brothers. I don't love it, but, but you man, said you would love I to go would, to that experience. Just like I would Big go to that fucking that yeah. prison for a convention and just have like blues and people just having a couple there drinks. There people dude. in yeah. like the Blues Brothers costumes. And oh my god, music dude! It, was, and, like, it looks like so. Watching the movie. It'd probably be the, my highlight if they do this in 2023. We gotta go. Yeah. It'd probably be my highlight of 2023 because it looks like a fucking blast. Dressing like Blues Brothers and going to that prison and yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to to blues <laughs> and just fucking partying all day. Don't love Blues classic. Brothers, but that looked like a fucking blast. No, let's put it on the fucking calendar, yeah. man. I'll I go. hope they do it next year. Yeah. I think it'd be um, great. My worst picture was Candyman. Oh, no, best picture. We're on best picture. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, my best picture is the Blues Brothers due, due to pure lack of not thinking the other films were good. <laughs> did you have a tie? I, any ties? The, I did this? not oh, have man, any ties, so it gets three points. Um, I do think that it has some epic moments. It has, you know, really, we already mentioned the car chasing, all the different cameos from all the, I don't care if they thought they were recent acts or not. They're fucking legends yeah, yeah. in the blues, you know, community. Um, it, it's really fun. It's got really good comedic beats that still hit even, you know, so many years later. It's a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And you can't give it out of the Untouchables when there's so many other gangster mafia films. And yeah, no, it definitely is more best picture. Blues Brothers. Uh, uh, believe it or not, guys, I really wrestled with this one. I really did. Um, I almost went with Candyman. Yeah, of almost course you did. did. Uh, but I am, I am a big <clears throat> horror fan. But you know, when you when you break it all down, I went with Blues Brothers. Okay. Um, I don't love Blues Brothers, but I respect Blues Brothers. Uh, maybe with multiple viewings or going to a convention next year, co- completely changed my mind. And I've only seen Blues Brothers twice. You know, really? once in fucking probably 1990, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh, you know, two weeks ago. So uh, maybe multiple viewings, you know, would change my opinion on it. Um, but if I can be honest, like I didn't laugh much, um, really? and, I, and I love blues music, and I think there's like they have great blues talent, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's some of the it's not some of the best blues songs. You know, like, great talent, just not some of their best songs. Uh, I didn't find it as funny as I wanted to. Uh, I, sometimes I felt like uh, it was a bunch of half-baked jokes, half-baked sketches. Um, but overall, like, I do like the blues odyssey. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I really do think the epic journey from point A to point B is fun. And I like the Chicago locations, stopping off at the, the, the dive bars and, and things like that. We just mentioned so. that they only needed... Five thousand dollars to save this orphanage right. in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Like we didn't mention this early. That's kind of a what the fuck. <laughs> like five thousand dollars, your congregation, you know, of a local church couldn't raise five thousand dollars to. I don't know. That's a that's yeah. a moment. But anyway, like none of these movies blew me away. Like there's no Big Lebowski's or like. No Country for Old Men or like, you know, uh, fucking like, you know, uh, name Godfather. a pantheon movie, you know. Um, but I do think Blues Brothers is the best picture. So I'm going with Blues Brothers. But you and Nathan had ties. So that's only worth one point. Yes, for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other comments before we take a break, Nate? No, I had fun. Yeah. No. 
I it was it's always interesting when Nathan comes together and puts a little viewing party viewing selection together. A little marathon. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we will count the golden idols, and we will be right back with the results. We are back. Before we crown tonight's golden idol winner, Nathan, let's talk about the Facebook poll. Yeah, and so the Facebook poll's popping off, guys. We had a lot of uh, participation in this one. Uh, final scores ended up being... Actually, we should go maybe go do some quotes first. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got a couple pulled up here. Uh, Brandon Folk had said, uh, Blues Brothers is pretty damn near perfect. The script, the comedy, the cast, the cinematography, the action, the music, just top-notch all around. Real quick, I don't agree with all that, but I do want to say, like, I love the look of Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it has, a, like, a very 80s film mm. look, yeah. which I love. Uh, Jackie Dillman also said Blues Brothers is probably objectively the better movie, but The Untouchables is by far the most enjoyable for me personally. Okay. Okay. Uh, John Shippey said Blues Brothers, but Untouchables is right there. Okay. Uh, let's see what the actual poll results were, though. And then we did have some other comments from other groups saying, hey, oh, add sure. backdraft. Add, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, for eight, the Chicago Marathon. Yeah, eight, yeah. Where's eight men out? Eight men out. Uh, I, did, I didn't hear any Ferris Bueller, though. I was right, really surprised right. about yeah, that. I was, too. So what did the poll say? All right, so polls with uh, in last place with 13%, which was 37 votes, Candyman. Hmm. Uh, second place with 23% of the votes, which was 65 total, The Untouchables which means the Blues Brothers ran away with 63% of the vote, 176 votes. Boom. Yeah. That's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. All right, babe. Um, do you have our awards coming? I do. I have our awards. So between Nathan, Brad, and myself, we gave 22 Golden Idols to Blues Brothers. We gave eight Idols to Candyman. And we gave six idols to the Untouchables. Damn, I so it pretty much lines up almost with the uh, the poll. The poll. It's pretty close. That's crazy. Yeah. I really gave close. I gave Candyman five points. You I did. gave Untouchables five. Points. How many, how many Candyman all... points did you give? One. Just the best location. It, I gave it two, but then it was worst pick. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And I gave it three, but then it was worse, so it, it only got two for me. Okay, so okay, do you have? Uh, Matt's play along. Yeah, we have Matt's play along. And did he change the results? In. Um, so just briefly, I'm going to go through what his uh, idols went to. So for best location, we had the Untouchables, the Border Crossing. So many great uses for location within the location. Uh, depot building, surrounding field, the bridge. It goes on and on to say he really liked the Border Crossing. Best character. Given a little bit more Untouchables love. Elliot Ness, Kevin Costner. He oh. acts like a duty-bound by the book police officer, especially reluctant to kill. But by the end of the film, he his aggression is rubbed off, and he's like, you mentioned it earlier, pushing him off the yeah. thing. He's learned the rules. Right. You know, we didn't give a lot of love to Elliot Ness, but I do think it's it's a good Kevin Costner rule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not his best. Okay, best kill, death, <laughs> defeat. Untouchables, Nitty Killing Malone. I had mentioned that as one of my awards earlier. He's going um, deep so on Untouchables, it, it, I know, guys. he like really liked it. It's most gruesome, prolonged death in both actual shooting and him bleeding out as he crawls across his home floor. And then he goes on to give some more information about it. Even if he goes straight 
they're um, untouchables. Also, I don't think it changes anything. <laughs> he also gave an honorable mention to the Candyman for his final twist ending of Helen becoming a mere monster mm. who kills Trevor for abandoning her in the hospital and carrying on an affair with Stacy. It's a deserved kill and genuinely a surprising twist. All right, so then the next category is best score or soundtrack. Obviously, it's a clean sweep. Blues Brothers. I imagine this was a clean sweep at the table. If not, yeah. I'd be very shocked, is what he had written in. Got that right. Um, best screenplay. Untouchables. Again, he is all about that touching. I fucking told you um, David <laughs> Mamet, I believe, is the scriptwriter. Uh, well-written characters, sharp, witty dialogue, consistently engaging plot, compelling themes of determination, brotherhood, intelligence, and dogged police work. Some of the comments he had. Uh, best special achievement would come next, and that is the Blues Brothers and all of the different cameos by the musical legends. We've mentioned them earlier. Um, he also had an honorable mention for Candyman being the black slasher villain mm. amongst mm. a plethora of white ones. Um, and But he also goes on to say that unless he feels it plays into the stereotype of black men being killers... But he thinks it's a positive representation. Yeah, so do I. Um, the best scene, he had Blues Brothers, the first gig at Bob's Country Bunker, yeah. which Nathan said would be in Kokomo. Um, <laughs> the, the dichotomy between the blues and the country music plays out to this hilarious effect. It's both audibly and visually pleasing. Everyone seems to be having fun, especially the main actors. Um, he said there's lots of different sweet moments. So the real good old boys and a great caper to a scene, to a great scene. Um, defining moment, attribute, or MVP? Man, he really liked Untouchables. Uh, Untouchables, Sean Connery as Malone. Though Malone is not quite a strong character as Ness, so he thinks that Kevin Costner delivered a better character. He is not fleshed out and is not a, he is a supporting character. His energy and cheerleading, in quotes, are crucial to the untouchable carrying out the steps of their mission. Um, so, um, yeah, so he thinks that Sean Connery had a lot of fun with the role, playing it out with conviction, lots of humor. I agree with that. Like, even though yeah. I don't like the accent, like, he had fun. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm and, having And you fun. kept saying he had brought a lot of energy, yeah. which I think Matt agrees. Um... Best director, he went with where we did, Blues Brothers, John Landis, high energy, different types of set pieces, live music performances, all the different action car chase scenes and all of this stuff. Um, at the end, he says, I was continually impressed by how the action keeps on topping itself, especially with the Illinois Nazi cars falling from a great height, actually dropped from a helicopter of an altitude oh, of 12,000 feet at the end of the film. So that answers your question. Yeah. It did look like it was falling out of plane. You, It was. It was a helicopter. <laughs> um, his wild card goes to the Blues Brothers for the best on-screen duo. Aykroyd and Belushi are having an incredible yeah, chemistry a and yeah, a classic that's... comic duo. Um, see, I mean, he goes on just to talk more about yeah. their duo that's and all back of that stuff. That's bringing back an old category, stuff. which is good. Uh, they're hilarious. They're likable chemicals. One of the best comedy duos ever. The his what the fuck is the untouchables, although it kind of makes sense for the character. It still feels a bit out of character when Ness throws and Nathan, <laughs> you're not gonna like that nitty off the roof. 
But it could just be me not liking seeing the good guys angrily murder villains. He wants him to stay the good guy and follow the real I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I also was a bit annoyed that Wallace is mostly there just to push the income tax evasion angle as there doesn't seem to be much more to his character other than his awkwardness overriding his eagerness. He gets some good kills, um, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, he goes on a fucking tear on that uh, that Canadian border crossing. Oh, yeah. Thing, like. He also goes on to say, the Blues Brothers, what the fuck, would be, who are you going to call, Jake? Um, he puts in quotes, perhaps the Ghostbusters. <laughs> but where does Jake's ex-fiance find the connections and money to obtain a ba- uh, bazooka, <laughs> a bomb, a flamethrower, and a Colt SP-1? Do the Blues Brothers crime really warrant the response of nearly the entire Chicago police force plus the military? That's funny. What the fuck? And then finally, his what the fuck for Candyman was Helen looking at the slides in the parking lot. Maybe she wouldn't have run into anything, but could have not but she have not waited until she got in the car. Shots of Helen's bare breasts are a bit icky because it's gratuitous nudity of a trauma victim. Neither sexy nor appropriate. And Candyman kissing Helen with the mouthful of bees is visually disgusting. Real bees, what too, the by the way. <laughs> is it just me, or is Helen supposed to resemble or actually be a woman who Candyman was in love with when he was still alive? Hey, real quick, pause there. Okay, pause there, because we didn't get to talk about this. It's fucked up. Um, he kisses with real bees in his mouth. Yeah, so uh, Tony Todd had real bees in his mouth, and he, he made a fucking deal. Did you hear about this? If he got so. stung... Like, it, it was $1,000 per bee sting. What? I think he got... Oh, uh, yeah, I remember reading $20, that. $20,000 per up. bee sting. And then there's Not moments... per bee sting. Yeah, per bee sting. Total. Oh. Per, total, he got 20000 Yeah, so, but it was $1,000 per bee yeah, sting. Yeah, so 20 right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 20 yeah. bee okay. stings. And then, because those are real fucking bees in his mouth. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. And then the, uh, uh, the main actress, what's her name from Candyman? Oh, Virginia Madsen. Yeah, Virginia Madsen. Like, she was, like, legitimately hypnotized in the movie. So when she has her scenes with Tony Todd and Candyman, it's like, she looks kind of out of it. Like, she was out of it because she was hypnotized. Fuck? Yeah, dude, there's some fucked up practical shit happening so, with Candyman. he thinks that the his love, Candyman's love for uh, Virginia Madsen's character, Helen, comes out of left field. And then he's like, why does Jake toss the hook into Helen's grave? Is it a trophy? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not like, completely like, forced out. Yeah, but yeah. his number one, what the fuck? So I guess all of those were runner-ups. Okay. His number one, wa- <laughs> I'm just going to read it how he wrote it. <laughs> Why the fuck did Helen pick up the knife before checking in on Anne-Marie? Oh, yeah. Helen had to have known that That's Anne-Marie was not a threat. So she's being panicky and stupid. Although I feel that by summoning Candyman, she deserves her fate. It's just a dumb reason to get the cops to arrest her. And it's a dumb move by an otherwise intelligent character. Mm-hmm. Um, his worst picture is Candyman. Okay. He thinks the first foul over the film is actually interesting, investigative thriller with almost a silence of the land yeah, I guess you know, yeah. quality. <clears throat> um, not what he was expecting. So he's pleasantly surprised. Um, there's racial conflict, commentary. It's interesting. It's impactful. It's unique. But then Candyman shows up and it becomes a weird slasher thing about a movie, a woman who gets what she deserves for summoning the bad guy, Um, wanting to know the truth. He said Tony Todd had a strong presence, but he wished he would have been written a better character. Most of the character was thinly written, especially Stacy. He goes on to talk about it. So his worst picture was Candyman. His best picture... 
for all of us, I think, was the Blues Brothers, along with all the points that he made earlier. Mm -hmm. The cast um, also had roles from, I think we mentioned, Carrie Fisher, John Candy, a young Paul Rubens. Um, And being a fan of anime, he would be remiss if not mentioning how it was so influential and inspired anime and manga such as The Gunsmith Cats, Writing Bean, and particularly... Nirma Daikon Brothers, but also the Anime Central mascots J and L. Yeah, I know I'm weird, but we all have our quirks, right? <laughs> we all have our quirks. That so, is true. So, Matthew's idle totals were Untouchables 5, which would bring our total to 11. Uh, Blues Brothers 8, which then brings the total to 30. And Candyman, a negative one, which then brings our total to a seven. Okay, so Blues Brothers has... Blues Brothers is at 30, Candyman is at seven, and the Untouchables is at 11. <clears throat> All right, so he just uh, pumped up the numbers for Blues Brothers. Yep, it, it kept it. Actually, he gave a little hate to yeah. Candyman, so it put it flipped the odds back to the pole. All right, mm-hmm. so it's time for the big question. Does Blues Brothers deserve Pantheon? So, Nathan, what is Pantheon? Well, Pantheon's the house of the gods, right? It's the it's the special shelf where all the best movies go. Uh, these are movies that everyone needs to see. They're they're uh, they're firing on all cylinders. They're I don't know what else can you say about it. They're just they're the they're our highest category of movie, basically. Uh, so, does Blues Brothers deserve Pantheon? Yep. Do, you, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I, I've when I'm throwing this together, I, I again, I don't, I never wanted this to be like, oh, this is a fucking, you're just doing this to get Blues Brothers into Pantheon. I toyed around with the idea of just like if it, if it came up, just saying no, just to prove my point. But I'm not gonna shoot myself in the dick. <laughs> then now, Good idea. yeah, it's it's a Pantheon movie. Like it, it fires on all cylinders. Everyone should see Blues Brothers. I think categorically. It is what I think of when I think of Pantheon. Okay. Okay. I've been dreading answering this question. Oh. Uh, just because I know you're a huge fan of this movie. See, no, I thought I get to go next. Uh, I'm talking now, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> Maybe you can go next. Well, I'll, I'll follow up and then I'll do Matt. Okay. So, I'm just... Again, I know you're a huge fan of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the... I, I feel the same way about Blues Brothers... That I do Princess Bride. Princess Bride. I, I feel yeah. like I get some <laughs> unneeded shit, though. Like, because I don't hate Princess Bride, right? I don't hate <laughs> Blues Brothers. Like, I like them, but I think it's okay just to say, like... But does it hit all the categories? No, I, so or I don't think so. does it get the possibility... No, I don't think so. ...to go up into? I don't think so. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way about, like, Princess Bride, where, you know, I've said no to Princess Bride, like, two or three times, and it's like, I... Anytime you guys want to watch Princess Bride, like, I'm there. Same with Blues Brothers. Like, let's get a couple drinks, watch Blues Brothers. I'd go to a, a convention yeah. tomorrow, man. Um, I don't know. I just... So I, you think people should watch this film? Blues Brothers? Yeah. For its iconic status, to get its references, to Russo so for, re, for repackaging blues for a white audience? <laughs> yeah. For whatever purposes, do you think it's a I film know, that I should do, I be don't think so. By I, movie lovers, I, by connoisseurs, does it have something to give? You're pushing me. I'm saying I'm no, asking. I don't think so. Um, I wish you would have nominated this as a, um, a, a legitimate nomination throughout the year, because I think you would have got it. Yeah. I think, but you still have a chance. 
I think you would have got it though, because this is in the wheelhouse. Like I, uh, this is a Rocky Horror Picture level thing where it just has a cult. You get the pool. Yeah, you get the pool. You'll probably get the um, uh, the guest voter, and Mm -hmm. you have Marshall Wade and Matthew Wade. I didn't know what Matthew was gonna say, but they come from the. I don't know. They have a lot of love for like uh, Blazing Music. Saddles yeah. and you know Young Frankenstein. And it's like if this was nominated, you got Marshall, you got Matt. I don't know what Ryan thinks, but I I, I think you would have had a great chance nominating it. I, I don't think it's Pantheon. Though. No, no. I and then that's fine. And I we we've been doing this for so fucking long. Like I don't. I'm comfortable enough knowing that I think it's Pantheon. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whether or not it's officially fucking recognized yeah. I don't really give a fuck yeah. to be honest but I, but I, but you I know think what I mean? it has a really yeah, good chance like, of officially getting yeah the, the only reason I have but it, it has to be a unima- unanimous vote at the table doesn't it to be yeah. kicked up yeah so it's not kicked up okay. it's not kicked uh, up no no like I, the only reason I haven't nominated this and it's because I just I just know how I feel about it. You know what oh. I mean? I don't, I don't need the validation. Need you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but it's nice it's to just, have right. the validation. It's the same reason I haven't done uh, Last Crusade because... I think Last Crusade would probably make it as well. Well, I think so too, but it, but if it didn't... You just don't want to hear it? If it didn't, it would... Yeah, it would piss me off. <laughs> and, and if it and did... And I don't want shitting on the movie that I love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if it didn't, it would piss me off. And if it did, it was just... I already knew that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not a big surprise. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. It well, is I know it doesn't is. matter because it's not. But what would, a, what, would, yeah, what would you say? <laughs> but I actually, I don't. I, I understand your reasoning, but I why not? I didn't, and it. You I, said I it's believe, fucking country bears. <laughs> but it was the first country of bears. Its, is but fucking as far as right. I know, it was the first of its kind, uh-huh. and then they took it and like they've had iconic movies made afterwards, like multiple movies in the same like, you know formula so why not give the option i'm not a huge wizard of oz fan but i voted yes well, i also think yeah i also nomination because it it deserves it. it it might not be my pantheon but it means a lot of things to a lot of people and i do i disagree i do think this is a film whether you like it and or not in the end i do think it's a film that people should watch i think at it's, least yeah. one it's time. foundational yeah you know what i mean like, I, I think it shows the the history of film and where it's come from and how it's progressed i do think too if we weren't um because i could give it a kick up and see where it goes but we're also right on the precipice of like you know uh is it season eight already for pantheon oh, probably, like that starts yeah. like next week you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, um, if, if this was like, you know, end of summer and we had shit all to do, I might kick it up just because I know no one else is doing it. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. I would vote yes, but I would kick it up. Yeah. I wasn't Just a big... to give it a chance. Yeah. Right. And like I said, maybe after another viewing or two, I might be able to get behind him. This might be one of those <laughs> ones. And you do this to me all the time, Nathan, where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm right I'm right fucking yeah. there. You know? And then I'll... I'll be like, fuck, man, should I have said yes to that? And I and I might feel like that, because I don't hate Blues Brothers. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Take me to a con next year, and I might have a fucking blast and be like, fuck yeah. And then you might come back and I be might, like, yeah, yeah, but as of this podcast, like, I'm just not feeling like it needs to be celebrated, you know? Um, it just feels like some sketches and some and music bits that I'm just like, I had fun with it, but I don't think it's, like, fucking, you know, uh, yeah. one of the best movies ever made. So, okay. what's Matt okay. think? So, Matt actually said yes, uh, because he mentioned all the different things before, it offers a unique blend of action, comedy, music, and is arguably the first and best film to do that, which is kind of what I had said, um, and succeed. Uh, he said, and this is interesting, in quotes, we'll have to see about that because he believes Scott 
Pilgrim versus the World. Mm. Um, the Blues Brothers themselves are a Pantheon duo, and the film also uh, features Pantheon songs directly from Pantheon musicians. So what was he, he saying about Scott Pilgrim, though? He just said uh, he'll have to see it's the if it's the best film of that genre action comedy musical. Uh, oh, he doesn't we'll even know Scott about Pilgrim that because Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hmm. In quotes. So, yeah, I found that kind of interesting just because of what we have hmm. in, upcoming into sure. the new season. Um, he says, but the film is very funny from start to finish. The features iconic quotes and imagery. Notably, we're on a mission from God and it's 106 miles to Chicago. Mm-hmm. We've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. What more could you ask for? You know, he said yes to that. He said no he to Candyman and no to Untouchables if, okay. if that had been and an I, I figured he would, but I feel like you're getting baited a little bit by uh, a cult classic. Because I remember you checking out quite a bit on Blues Brothers, and you didn't think it was that entertaining. I didn't think it was that entertaining, but as I stated, I, Wizard of Oz isn't entertaining to me, oh. but... A lot of people consider it. I said no Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> is not a. And I love. So uh, let me go on record. I said it before. I'll say it again. I love musicals. I love comedies. Uh-oh. I think they're like two of my favorite. I know you love horror, but I love musical and I love comedies. I, so like you would think this would be right in my I wheelhouse. I can't wait for Nathan to leave, and we're gonna watch Blows Brothers two thousand, and we're gonna see if it. Is Why are you doing that to yourself? It's no, so I, no, shit. I want to see. I want to see because it sounds good. It sounds like equal. Who likes John Candy? What? Who doesn't John, like John Goodman? John, John Goodman. Goodman. Sorry. Yeah, no, it sounds Goodman. equal on paper. I have no idea. I, again, I haven't seen it for over that. twenty yeah. years. I couldn't fucking tell you. I, I really couldn't. So sounds like Blues Brothers is not getting a yeah. nod up. But if you nominate, I think it would make it. I'm just throwing that out there. I do. I think it would fucking. I already work. know. I already know what I'm not. Okay. Well, I, I also uh, just to keep hope alive, Nate. I also think it's a it's a it's a definite uh, contender for like end, the end of the year. Poll. End of the year. We'll yeah. see. So Ooh, I, that is always a crapshoot. It always you always think you have a great film. It depends what's going out on the streaming networks, and then just the luck of what else is in the. Because it, you could have like a great film against a great film, and it's just I feel like there's, it, it, there's a lot of marketing involved too. There's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> I of love like it. a lot of politics. There's, there's a lot of politics and marketing. Any anytime I've won, it's been off the back of inviting people to the group and being like, "Yo, it vote fucking for vote for this shit, dog." Yeah. Fucking, you know, I see Brad out there fucking pulling yeah, other too. fucking groups, groups and being like, yeah. "Yo, get in here for the." Crew. Oh, One of my favorite that things about Pantheon. <laughs> he did tell me is that when I nominated. Politics. Yeah. I love the politics not, of this no, game. No, not Pantheon. The end of the year poll. But all of it. Te- but, yeah. but you did tell me when I came back to do Pantheon Council. You did tell me, hey, you know how I get votes is I go to other sites and I yeah, invite people. I know you like know. the crow, like you had mentioned the yeah. crow. So if you nominate. Greece, go to Greece sites and invite them yeah, back hey, to the that's, or hey, live new job that's or fucking, John Travolta. That's people. fucking fair though because yeah, yeah. Crow, I'm taking it to Crow. I'm taking it to fucking Crow sites, right? But if you have, uh, you know, like, uh, give me something that's fucking po- Harry Potter. Yeah. You fucking put Harry Potter in there. You take that to Harry Potter polls. You're gonna fucking crush the Crow. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally gonna shit all over it. So do yeah. that. And like our our group grows every single year from marketing. 
So do the bots. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so do the fucking true. porn yeah, bots. Very, very true. There's a lot of porn bots out All there. All right, so it looks like we matched up with the box office. The box with office? The rotten, well, like, the, the, oh, the it the made poll. more, yeah, the poll. The, no, the box office, like, it made this much money. We think it was worth this much. Like, I, we matched up all the way across the board, except we thought Candyman was the low, lowest of them, too. And okay. it actually received one of the highest... All right. Well, I don't think there's any much uh, much more to say. So you want to close this episode down, Nate? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, been wanting to do this episode for a long time. Talk about a lot of these movies. I think, you know, I'm surprised about Untouchables, but I'm really glad we got to talk about Candyman as much mm-hmm. as we did because I think Candyman's super underrated. Yeah, I think it's too. really underrated. So I'm glad we got to talk about it. And uh, maybe next time we see Tony Todd, we'll get him to sign some shit. Fuck yeah, that would be cool. Uh, regardless of what Brad says, I think you should go and watch all of these movies. Will they be your favorites? Probably not. Are they worth a gander and a watch and uh, sit down and have a drink and have fun with friends? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Enjoy it. And I say definitely check out Candyman and Blues Brothers. So And The Untouchables. <laughs> it won't be your favorite gangster movie, but it's a good Kevin Road Costner to Perdition movie. over Untouchables. I mean, there's so many things over Untouchables, but in order to appreciate... <laughs> The good, you have to have a little bit of the bad. Sure. All right, guys. quality. As always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Videoland find you, Nate? Just on the Facebook, man. Uh, yeah, Nathan Planning on Facebook. I, I post memes and I, I delete the bots. He's, he's the, <laughs> the sex bot job. deleter. <laughs> Nathan's control the sex role. traffic. Okay. Uh, thank you. Sex trafficker. Thank you. Nathan's uh, a sex trafficker. <laughs> He's stopping the sex trafficking. Not like that. He's controlling it. All right. So they can see me on also the Facebook page. All right. You can find me on Facebook as Brad McBoom. You can also find me on Instagram, the website. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out. This is the Chicago way. Bye. (laughs) 